Spirit in the Pot of Skew podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my head of like mate, Rico. What's up, man? Allow myself to introduce myself. Austin Danger Power Sex. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just glad you didn't ask me if I, if, if I make you horny, because, or the other way around, I think. But either way, do I, I make you horny, baby? No, not, not, not at all. Not at all. So. I almost went like, oh, be, hey, but you know, see that? Hey, Gaval. You could have gone I, a whole other way and done the get in my belly thing because I feel like you could nail that if you really tried. Like, well, I mean, I did. Remember when I tried to fucking do an impression of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, you and McGregor's <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. It came off very Shrek fat back. Yeah, yeah. It did. Oh, hey, get in my belly! <laughs> it did. Now that I remember, nobody's ever heard that because we smartly said no. But... No, I thought we did. No, no, no. That... We released it when we, when we uh, were interviewing... Um, the crew of Chasing uh, Did Maya. we put it out then? Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure we did. Because Spe- they were like, we have to hear this. Speaking of we which, have I... have to hear, like, a really bad Scottish accent. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, and I don't think he listens anymore, sadly, but uh, uh, I do want to give props to Henry. Uh, motherfucker got engaged. Someone wants to marry that dude. Good for yeah. you, Henry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, but good for Henry. I'm, I'm, I'm legit happy for him. And if he is listening to this, then, then good on you, dude. Seriously. Um, yeah, I don't know much about Harriet outside of uh, having talked to uh, Rebecca, Henry. but but Rebecca, well, uh, more Re- more Rebecca, honestly. But the the little bit I hear about her, she seems like a very awesome woman. So go go, Henry. Congratulations, you guys. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you guys happen to not work out after, like, you hear this, then, hey, you know, good luck with the divorce. <laughs> Give it the old college try. Um, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or as, as they say over there, the the old uni try. Um, university try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Pottis University try. There you go. Um, but yeah, and ironically, we are talking uh, a European character today. So there, how about that? You know, someone who's English. Well, yeah, yeah. Although played by uh, a Canadian, I was gonna say played <laughs> by a Canadian. You know, so Do, um, and and all his characters have numerous different accents. He's got Scottish. You've, I mean, fucking Doctor Evil has got the thickest Canadian like accent. Oh, sure. Yeah. Despite claiming that he's from Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got. I, Goldmember, yeah. which whatever the fuck that accent is, it's I am from Holland. Isn't that weird? No, dude. Like Mike Myers writing that is weird. You don't like your father? I do. I are you asking me <laughs> if I like my father? <laughs> I guess no, not really, because I don't have forty five minutes to listen to you to rant. <laughs> True. Um, all right. So based on the last couple uh, series we've been doing, which is a lot of action underground agent stuff born mission impossible a lot of shooting we're like let's take that from from shoot shoot yeah as you from put shoot, it shoot to fucking uh comedic shoot shoot and we chose well i chose uh <laughs> yes. the austin powers yes, you, very, you very much chose so 
Well, based on the last episode, I, I figured I was it was good. You're entitled. Is that what you're going with? Not that? a little bit of tile, but like, you know, <laughs> well, I, I also wanted something really easy. And, no, you yeah, know, and it, that 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 it is. Um, yes. So I can't argue with that. And, and Austin Powers is immensely easy and potentially short for one of our, our episodes like that. This this runs the the risk of being one of our shorter episodes hey man we we actually put in a lot of time in like the house party films and oh, yeah. like, i we put I, in a whole hour I, and a half of uh pump up the volume i will tell you right now i found all four of those films more entertaining than the three of these collectively oh wow all right i, Maybe I are digging i know i i i watched all three of these again and first off i almost bought them just because you know, we didn't um, know that it was on HBO. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know it was available on a streaming service where I wouldn't have to pay for them individually. And I was going to be able to get all three for like ten bucks on Blu-ray, so it really wasn't going to be like breaking the bank. But I'm right. so glad I didn't spend that ten dollars now, mm-hmm. because these really are pretty god awful. Um, I I wouldn't call them god awful. I think they're just it's now dated. I think. I would argue they were really fucking funny when we were younger. Uh, yes, I I would argue I, I would not argue I would agree with that. Um, I think though, I, I I don't know what makes them not as funny now. They're just the fact that I'm older, or the fact that it, it or the year we're in. Like I'm not sure if it's my age increasing or the year we're in that makes it less funny. I think it's both. You know? I honestly think it's both. I mean, I, Steph told me like scientifically it's been proven that like the things you did find really funny and entertaining when you were younger, like you actually legit grow out of it. Like, but, but it's not everything because there are certain things from everything. my because there are definitely things from that same era in my life even even younger that i still find hysterically funny whereas you know there's other things like this where because you're right i i did find i did enjoy them when i saw them you know in in 90 between 97 and 2002 when they came out respectively you know so um and and i certainly yeah all right so well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, we'll deep dive all of them, but I, I happen to agree. I know, it's rare, but I think my consensus is, and you can tell me if you agree with me or not, is that I think the jokes are funny. I think Mike Myers is annoying now. Uh, agreed. He's, he's really a one-trick pony. You know what I mean? Like, there, there, there's not a whole lot to him, and, 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 and Goldmember is kind of aptly named because... It, it's such a big Mike Mowers, Mike Mowers. <laughs> yeah, there's a Freudian slip. Uh, a Mike Myers self suck off fest that you know, like, I mean, why don't you just make them five or six more characters before the movie's fucking over? Like, shut up, you know. Well, I mean, like, that's that's basically a like. He's trying to be Eddie Murphy. To, no, he's trying to be Peter Sellers. Uh, I I I saw it more as an Eddie Murphy swing, but I I, I can't necessarily argue. I guess well, yeah. Eddie Murphy was also influenced by Peter Sellers. All sure. all of the numerous character things in one movie was pretty much a Peter Sellers. And thing. and and for the record, just to make it sound like I'm all, I'm not just picking on Mike Myers, like that got old with me 
in later Murphy films too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I love it in coming to um coming to America coming to America the first one, the the OG eighty five, eighty six, whatever year it is. You know, I, I know we talked about it, but I just don't remember off the top of my head. I think it might be eighty two. No, I don't think it's that young. I think it's like mid mid to late eighties. Yeah. So right. um but either way, we we all know what movie I'm referring to. Like there it worked. And I also think it worked because he had he had um uh, Arsenio to work off of, even though because Arsenio was doing kind of the same thing, whereas Mike's doing this by himself, and I think that you know that makes it uh, infinitely more irritating. Listen, I know we did the Wayne's World episode, and I, I I still enjoy those, but I definitely see the holes that I didn't see, you know, even thirty years ago was one with those too. So like, I'm not picking on this franchise or your selection and that's more for the audience than for you because i think you know that but for the audience like i'm not i'm not picking on austin powers because you were like let's do austin powers and i was like uh no i i i can say the same thing about wayne's world to a degree but it's because there's definitely some real issues with those wayne's world movies too you know so well i'd like to preface that uh, it was never really the true intent for Mike Myers to play Dr. Evil and have the multiple roles. Originally, Dr. Evil was supposed to be played by Jim Carrey. Which so ironically that, ends up doing as Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Yeah, that's like 30 basic, years later. Yeah, but it's basically Dr. Evil. It's Yeah, it's Dr. Evil with a fucking mustache. Well, yeah, but I'm just, but I mean, I'm talking about even the 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 zany, like he's he the 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 character himself, not just visually, but his his attitude it's, is very similar it's, to. It's definitely gold member era Doctor Evil because Doctor oh, yeah, Evil in like yeah. the first one, it's a little more, a little bit more reserved. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, it was, it was yeah. really supposed to be Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey fucking like couldn't do it due to scheduling. Mm. You know, and and weirdly enough, I I've been I, I discovered a lot. Of, like, there's some Jim Carrey influences on numerous films. Like, he was supposed to play the Ben Stiller role in the Meet the Fokker, uh the Meet the Parents and Fockers franchise. Mm. And it was actually his idea to make the character's last name be Fokker. Interesting. And they almost didn't do it until they actually like said like like the FCC was like or the MP the MPAA I guess they were like. You can have that as a character's name as well as the title for the sequel if you find us somebody in the phone book with the last name Fokker spelled how it is. And they found one. They did. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Mother, I, motherfucker. Someone yeah, has that yeah, fucking name. Yeah. Uh, hopefully his first name's not Gaylord like the character. But um, it might be a woman named Martha. No. Um, anyway. Martha Fokker. Uh, yeah, I, I got it. I was just rolling forward. I, I will say this. Like, it's, it's you know, as much as I just kind of had a little thing about him um, playing multiple roles, I actually, him playing both Austin and Dr. Evil is the one I was kind of always okay with. Because I feel like Agreed. that, I feel like that worked, him playing both sides of that coin. Because they really are opposite sides of the same coin, despite what ultimately ends up being the outcome in gold member, which fuck that, but that, but that, but that also makes sense for the, for the fact they are played by the same person that they're essentially twins. Like uh, they're almost identical twins. Right. No, no. I, I, I mean, I get all that, but I still, I, yeah. I'm with you. Um, I'll, I'll add this really quickly that sure. Daniel Craig 
for, put on the record that he said that the Austin Powers franchise ruined the James Bond films because everybody had seen the spoof of the Bond films, and that's why Casino Royale went so dark and gritty. Which, God, but then it's almost like they kind of were mimicking and copying the Austin, like unintentionally for sure, but like. They literally had the Blowfield character be like a foster brother to Bond. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get where you're going there. I, I I that might just be coincidence. The thing that I found really interesting, if I can jump to the spy to Chagney for a second, is mm-hmm. when he's running around the hotel naked during the opening sequence. Yeah. Did you see where he was? No. Casino Royale. Oh, was he? Uh huh. There's actually a sign that says Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah, so well, you know the original Casino Royale is spoof oh, movie. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying that's still, you know, because you know, let let's not fool anybody here. And if if you're listening to this and you know, relatively of the same age, be somewhere between Rico and I, you know, these are spoof films of Bond. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even even if you didn't, the, what you just said about Daniel Craig's statement kind of solidifies that you know like and it's it's numerous fucking like homages and spoofs i mean even going down to the minimum the 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 fact that austin powers's chest hair is a clear fucking i don't want to say ripoff because that's the opposite of having a hairy chest but it's uh you know it's it's a sean connery hairy chest and all the porno names of the Bond girls, you know, Felicity Shagwell. Who the fuck names their kid that? Yeah, no, Ivana Humbalot. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, a lot of vagina, like that one too. Yeah, forget about that one. Which, um, which the TV censor versions is a lot of cleavage. Uh, which, yeah, well, we've which, talked about TV censoring in the past. I know, but like that, that gets. But, but what's wrong with saying vagina on TV? Uh, technically nothing, and even even more so, you're not saying that. You're saying vagina, which is completely a different word. So right, so that just goes to prove how like censorship don't like women or well, vaginas. Yeah, well, clearly that's why they're censored. That's why they're censored. They probably say Austin pussy in like the gold member one. You know? Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, I should we rank these things? Can do you think you can do that? I can. I mean, okay. Three fucking movies. Yeah, Two, one, I three. Really, yeah, I, I, I. That's what it would have been coming into this for mm-hmm. me. Um, I'm not sure that it's not release order now. It's probably uh, it's not release order. Okay. No, so I'm what? not sure that it's not release order. Is what I said. So it would be one, two, three. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think so. But it's, it's. It it's really like one one a and then two, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like two, because Gold Member is pretty bad. Gold Member has it has moments it, that are good. Yes, but, that's what I'm. This is what I, like I said earlier. The jokes are actually funny. The visual gags are funny, but the the the, the weird characterizations that Mike Myers does. I mean, look, he is kind of a one trick pony who's trying everything. That's the weirdest thing to like yeah. describe him, but that's yeah. the best yeah. way to describe him. Yeah, I because agree. he's fucking doing numerous accents. He's doing playing numerous characters, but it's like at this point, it would not surprise me if they actually threw in his cat in the hat character in it. It's just like, oh my god, like, like you threw you well, throw the... fucking Wayne and all the characters, like they can all just be relatives of each other. Well, the love guru makes an appearance. 
When? When him and Elizabeth Hurley, who the character escapes me, right? Is that Felicity? No, that's uh, Vanessa. Oh, that's... It's you're talking pre- when they're in disguise. I, I pulled up a picture. It's pretty fucking close. Well, I mean, he doesn't uh, my, speak, so you don't hear like the accent. But visually speaking, it's the love guru. Well, Mike Myers playing a fucking whatever the fuck nationality that is, Indian, you know, Kama Sutrian yeah, love sure. guru motherfucker. He can only go so fucking far. It's it's kind of like, well, let's make Myers Mike Myers dress up like a dog, he's still going to kind of look like the cat in the fucking hat, especially when no, he opens I, his fucking mouth. I get that, but I'm just saying, like, they could have picked anything to put him in disguise in, and then they put him but, in the Love Guru outfit. Well, the Love Guru came out after the fact. years later. No, no, I get that, which is kind of like, I, I, I almost feel like when they, and I haven't seen the movie, and no, we're not ever going, I'm not watching that, but anyway, he... I almost feel like he was sitting around one day watching Austin Powers and went, oh, let's make a movie out of that character. Like, that's, I swear to God. Like, I it think wouldn't surprise me. No. But you, you also know the, the sheer ridiculousness of, like, they're going to go on a tour and they're going to pick the most ridiculous costumes they can to, no, quote, unquote, I, blend in. Yes, I, I, I do, I do. But, you look, know. I, I quickly, I mean, I look, going through this whole trilogy, I admit, my, I wanted to slap my childhood self and be like, this is just not fucking that funny. <laughs> it's still funny. There's still parts that are funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then I realized, I'm like, just like I kind of outgrew a lot of the Jim Carrey comedies, you know, a lot of, and the Adam Sandler comedies to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. It made me just realize that they're for teenage boys and younger. That's I, really I, the truth. I, so just on that comment real quick, I was never really into the Jim Carrey comedies with the exception of Liar Liar and The Mask. And yeah. and Adam Bruce. Sandler, the only one. Oh, Bruce. Yeah, I, that, that to me falls outside of the... I mean, yes, it is a Jim Carrey comedy. I can't argue that that statement right. but it to me like there's an era of the jim carrey comedies it's the it's ace ventura's it's uh cable got what's that dumb and dumber dumb and dumber uh the cable guy you know things like that which by the way i i don't know if i got to tell you or if you saw they did a cable guy commercial on the super bowl i heard about it i have not seen it it's yet, it's I mean, it's him in the in the thing doing it. It's not like they pulled a clip. Like he he clearly came and did it. But um, do you know Do you know who originally was supposed to play the cable guy? Uh, just to be on brand, Mike Myers. Close. It's an <laughs> SNL actor. Okay. I I know. I just I know. No. Chris Farley. I would have loved the shit out of that. I I but I think I would I. <sighs> He would have pulled off the physical comedy of it perfectly. I can't argue that. But I think the menacing psychopath that the character ends up being, I don't think... Farley would have been too over the top. Like, that subdued sociopath that Carrie did it as was actually pretty good. I can't argue that. It would have been a much more sympathetic character because, like, Farley would have come off clearly lonely and you wouldn't help but feel for it. Sure, sure. Yeah. It it would have been like the Chris Farley show. Like, remember when I knocked in your door and did your cable? That was awesome. Like, that for two fucking hours. Um, Although, the fucking... The medieval fucking... Medieval times. I've been... I've been... They're they're fun. 
Yeah. The medieval times, like I can one hundred percent see Chris Farley like. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the physical comedy, yeah. yeah, without question, he would have nailed every piece of it. But that that right. that sociopathic part that I think Jim Menace, Jim did yeah. nail that perfectly. And as far as Adam Sandler goes, very quickly, the only the only comedies of his I've ever liked have been Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy. That's oh, I know, it. I know, you like more. Well, like what? Longest yard. Yeah, to me that okay. I see. I maybe Waterboy. Eh, it's okay. Right. Like it. It's it, that falls into this Austin Powers thing. Like, where there's moments that I really enjoy, but as a whole, sure. like I do. You know, same thing with Little Nicky. Like Little Nicky, there's pieces of it that I like, but as a whole, not really. You know what I mean? It, so it gets it, the all those movies, all these movies that we're talking about. Like mm-hmm. they kind of get a yeah. little. They are they all, all kind of get a little grating over the, over the years. I sure. mean, and you're right about Goldmember. Goldmember is definitely the biggest like auto uh, fellatio fucking movie that <laughs> yeah. he's ever done. Yeah, like, um, Jesus. I mean, at one I mean, point, he, I think he's on screen at the same time as five, as like three or four people, literally at the same time. Well, he plays Austin. He plays Doctor Evil. He plays Goldmember. Fat Bastard is the one is in the movie, but he's not in the scene with all the other characters. Okay, so maybe I was wrong, but yeah, I. But three, he's playing three characters. But then again, he's also done three characters in The Spy Who Shacked Me, all in the same room. It was the same. It was. It was. No, fat. I'll do you one better because he plays a clone of himself as well in the end of Spy Who Shacked Me. So there's two Austins. There's one Doctor Evil, yeah. and there's one Fat Bastard. Yeah. So there's your four. Yeah. Um. He doesn't need a. He doesn't need a a, a female thing. He can just fuck himself three times. Oh, I'm over. sure he does. <laughs> like it's it's this is it's just yeah. Um. All right, but one. Let's because I would argue that one is definitely the most. In terms of the comedy, it's definitely the least toilet humor one, and it's it's, actually a, it's like, the closest to a spoof film that I enjoy, like a Hot Shots or a Down Periscope. It's the closest to that kind of spoof that I actually really enjoy. So, right, because like not not to get, I'm, I'm really not trying to like sidetrack, but like the Hot Shots films, the two Hot Shots films, like the second mm-hmm. one, I, I I really didn't like at all, but the first one was, I love the first one. You know, they I they get. Watched them in a while, so that might have changed, but yeah. Well, that's the theme with a lot of the spoof films, like even Airplane. Airplane 1 is really fucking smart and funny and witty, and then, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen Airplane yeah, same, 2. same, same. Which, even the title is a joke in itself. The Airplane 2, colon, the sequel. Right. Like, they're just fucking with this at this point. Which, which is also, and, I mean, just for the audience, direct influence where I got the title for our second anniversary. Uh, episode, right? Because we called it Potiversary Two, the sequel. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. Um, but for Austin Powers One, I, I, you and I always struggle with like time travel movies because now we have gotten to the point where it's like we have to think more logically when it comes to franchises that have continuity. You more than me because I've always kind of been in that realm but now you're just like oh shit now I can't unsee this or unthink this. I th- I think it depends on 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 the I you know it depends on the type of film like but yeah go ahead. My point is, is that I looked up all these films and I tried to like find out if they were if these are regarded as goofs on purpose but honestly 
every like continuity error or plot hole that is kind of introduced in the franchise is done on more, almost on purpose to ch- because the because Jay Roach and Mike Myers were like, who gives a shit? Like, stop thinking about like they legit say it in the second film when he's about to travel back to 1969, where he and Basil Exposition, which it, the name itself is just fucking funny. Yeah. Where he's just like, you know, don't try and think about this. Just try to enjoy yourself. And they look at us, the audience, like, that I, goes for I, you motherfuckers, too. I hate that they started breaking the fourth wall in that movie. I did. That, the, I, I mean, I, I'm not against fourth wall breaks, obviously, because Deadpool. But what mm-hmm. I'm... The, the, fair, they didn't do a whole lot of fourth wall breaks. They did a bunch Maybe. right in little in a little like in a set. You're right as a, as as the film as a whole. No, but they did like three like right in a row or within close proximity to one another. And I think that's what you know. I only remember them doing one in Spy Shagney where they talk to us and say, "Don't take this." No, too there's like well, you and I had this discussion about fourth wall breaks a couple episodes ago. Uh, be, and I forget which I, I want to say during Born, but I could be wrong. Where it wasn't like, oh, hey, audience, but they specifically look at the camera in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, like, I'm saying because I just rewatch. I mean, I you and I both watched them, but there's two that I could think of. One's the Spy Who Shocked Me, where well, actually, you're right because the opening scene, Austin after. Fucking Vanessa blows up, which I have a problem with. But you we'll, know, we'll you there. know, I do too, right? Yeah, you realize, we'll, okay. we'll get we'll get there when we get there. But like, he talks to the audience then. And he's like, "Oh, not, now I'm single again," and then he, you know, he tells us like, "You can basically fuck now as much yeah, as he wants." Right, right. And then he talks to the audience about the time travel and tells us not to fucking think about it. And then in Goldmember, when he's talking to Mister Roboto about like messing up the subtitles which in mm. itself is pretty fucking funny and then he says you know why don't you you know why don't i just speak in english he's like well that would be great that way i don't have to misread the subtitles and into words that i think are dirty and then he looks at us and kind of smirks and i was like okay it's and he also and on... also kind of when he's leaving and and talks about having a small rod because i feel like that was more to us than it was to the roboto character Oh, I disagree. I okay. think that was straight because he was looking at Mr. Roboto. He no, he was looking at, at the camera. There was no, there was a straight on shot of the door. He slides the door, puts his head back in and says it and then closes the door and it reveals that he has a small rod. There's no other person on screen. It's not a three quarter angle. It's there's direct. no other person on screen, but he's looking off camera. At the cam, that the off these, mm. yeah, no, he's looking direct at the camera, assuming mm. uh, or or presuming that we are POV of of Mr. Roboto. But I, still. I I disagree with that one. Well, I, I I remember him looking off center, not center. All right, but that's that's fine. Yes, I, maybe I'm, he I'm was... really not going to squabble over gold member because I'm pretty sure we're going to be. <laughs> Like, we agree. There are parts that are great. There are parts that are like, what the fuck? It destroyed Beyonce's acting career before it started. Mm, I, I looked it up. She... She's done three on-camera things that don't count as music videos since. One of them is... I'd have to... I'd have to now you're testing One of them is Cadillac the Records. The other one's... Uh, Jersey. Well, she did a voice in Lion King. What was the I, other one? I, I, one of them's like Jersey Boys. I think she did Jersey Boys. That's one of the ones that she did. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'd have to look it up again, but... 
I had it. I'm don't think she's in Jersey Boys. I think she's in. She plays. I think she. I know she plays Etta James. In, Maybe I that's what Cadillac, I, in Cadillac that, Records. I think that's what it's called. Or Empire Records. It's Dream Girls. It's Dream Girls. She's in. Well, she's in Dream Girls, but she also played Etta James. Okay, well, I'm just saying, Dream Girls movie. was what I was talking about. I know I said Jersey Boys, but I was talking about Dream Girls. I said the wrong thing, gotcha. and that's fine. But, gotcha. yeah, uh, she's, she was in Obsessed. She was in Dream Girls. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little hard to sort it out because there's a whole bunch of music. Like, that's it. I don't like that IMDb does this. Like, I'm not blaming anyone else, but. That's why yeah. sometimes I go to uh, Wikipedia and just look up filmography. Because yeah. it convinces. I don't think I don't think they include all the music videos. Uh, it looks like she was in the Pink Panther. I I mean okay, so I mean look she. The point is that I think she thought she was gonna have a much more of an acting career, and I have a feeling that this being like her first big project destroyed that. I don't know if that's true because if if the character if the character is supposed to be an homage to the Pam Greer, the black exploitation. Jackie Brown, I'm sorry, not Jackie, well, Jackie Brown in, in association, but sure. Foxy Brown type of roles, you know, the black exploitation characters. There was nobody. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking career. about, I'm not talking about her performance. I'm talking about the movie and how I'm that. I'm pretty sure the movie made a lot of money. Well, though. I think the whole franchise made a lot of money, but that's not the point. Real quick, Rico, un- unrelated to that directly, there's something I've never seen before on IMDb. I just thought I would share it with you. Um, I she was apparently in a movie from 1999 called Beverly Hood. Um, never, never heard of it. Yeah, neither have I. And I, that's not the important part. The important part is we've seen before where it'll say uncredited. You know, we see that all the time. Sure. This also says unconfirmed. I've never seen it say unconfirmed before. I've seen uncredited, but not. It says unconfirmed, comma uncredited. That's just really interesting to me. I've never heard of that either. That's that's pretty. That must be a new thing. I, it's either new or just a weird one-off. But either or, way, because I've heard of actors, especially early in their career, try and be like, "Oh, I was in this movie, and I was in this movie," to try and like get some fucking film credits sure, to make them sure. more relevant. Right. Like Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, before he became like a legit writer director, tried to be an actor back in the day, and he like stacked on a whole lot of credits that he was not a part of. <laughs> um. So, I think it's unconfirmed, meaning like, well, fucking Quentin Tarantino said he was in this movie. Can anyone confirm that? No, and you know that it's then that it takes like a casting agent or or uh, the casting department or the producer or the writer or the director to actually confirm that. Be like, oh yeah, that motherfucker was in this movie. Right, right. But like, for example, I I would argue there would be an unconfirmed thing for like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Field the Dreams because technically they're at the Red Sox portion of Field the Dreams and they've claimed it but I think it's since been confirmed that they were there but it took like you know whoever directed it and Costner to be like yeah they were there well they, they, am I am I not wrong they filmed them that they filmed that scene at a real game right didn't they and yeah. they just yeah. yeah that's that's they they were probably just there anyway but. No, no, no. I think they were actually, they went and were hired as extras. Oh, and they okay, just happened okay. to see a game just because, you know, hey, go Sox. Um, but yeah, that's weird. Um, Sorry, I just I just noticed that and thought I would mention it. Uh, it, well, it does say, by the way, they're uncredited on, I pulled it up real quick because I knew I'd get it. So Well, there are a lot of uncredited roles. Yeah. Here's another Austin one. Powers. 
How about this? This is now this is a voice work thing, but still. Uh what? According to this, this really intrigues me. I don't want to get off Austin too much, but this really intrigues me. Ed Harris was the voice. Of? If you build it, he will come. No way. That's what it says. Unconfirmed. But it says the voice as the voice. Unconfirmed. I've heard it. I, I've heard that. I'm pretty sure that's Ray Liotta. Um, I, it's, I, it's supposed to be Ray, Ray Liotta saying it. Maybe it's not. Maybe I mean I I could see if it's Ed if you if you do especially if it's it's only obviously just never on camera. So you could you could tweak the audio out of the tweak the fuck out of the audio if you wanted to. But what a weird thing to like have Ed Harris come in just to record a line that has nothing to do with like he's not even in the fucking movie. Like if it was, I'll tell well, you he, this: he's got a voice. Ed, Ed, Ed Harris has a voice that I would record for voice stuff. I, I I like Ed Harris's voice, so I I would do that. But that's beside the point. Fair enough, but like anyway, I didn't mean to go on a whole thing, but that was <laughs> that's weird. That's right? a weird unconfirmed. I it's unconfirmed. But going back, going back to International Man of Mystery, um, which the title I actually didn't know that was the full title until like years later. No, oh, yeah, I mean, it's most, always just Austin Powers. Yeah, and sure. Yeah. Me and, yeah, yeah. Which are all technically Austin Powers. The first two are Austin Powers colon, and then the second one is Austin Powers in. But they're all Austin right. Powers something subtitle, you know. And when I when I. You know, I organize my movies in, in the fucking computer. I have to for movies like this. I try to keep it alphabetical, mm-hmm. so I have to like add an extra shit for like the title. So I have to make it like Austin Powers one colon International Man of Mystery because if it was alphabetical, sure, Gold Member would be first. I would, would I would actually have I would have actually I mean not not the nitpick but I would have put the one ahead of it so it would have been one Austin Powers and International Man of Mystery two Austin because, Powers you know well because and, then it would be they would be the first movies it'd be the number no you're power. right you're right yeah yeah, yeah. trust right. me I I, no, I, I yeah, figured this I, yeah when it comes to the Batman movies I pretty much just tear my hair out like trying to figure out how to fucking <laughs> organize all those. Yeah. So I have to like number them, and it's like, oh my god! So well, technically, you, Batman you, Begins is five. Or you just well, yeah. I mean, you're trying to keep it in that order. Yeah. You know what you should just do? This would drive you insane. But there's there's actually a way to like. But I'm not gonna do it before you even fucking finish. What? what no, if I you put it, if you put it in a column for release year, and then what you could do? Hear me out. Is there's enough within Excel that like if you highlight, like if you add like the the, was it seven Batman movies? If my math is seven, seven, yeah, yeah. almost eight. Yeah, uh, eight and nine if you count the the long Adam West one. But I don't know if you count that. But anyway, but no. all right. So we'll say seven just for the conversation. If you then highlighted the years for that and and, and then did sort, it would resort just those seven without fucking up the rest of the the that's list. True. That's that, actually a you know what? That's actually a pretty fair suggestion. So you could put them in, and then, and then once you save it, it would keep it in that order. So ah, but then here comes the kicker: when there's a fucking prequel to something. Mm. Well, you're not putting it out in order of story. You're putting you're you're putting it in order of release, right? It depends. It depends. Uh, if, if if there's okay, a well now you're just being a, a pain in the ass. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm really yeah. not. Because if there's like a movie that has a prequel, well then, then I put then I put it in. Technically, Batman Begins would be before Batman 89 then. 
I would agree, except it's a different Batman. Shut up, let's go back to Austin Powers. Just, 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 no. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> See, this is why I just do one, two, and three. That's, yeah. That's um, all right. <laughs> Fuck, I thought I was bad. Um, no. um, yeah, I, uh, I liked Elizabeth Hurley's character. I, I like the concept of, of doing, you know, he, in 1969 or 67, he's got uh, Mrs. Kensington who, you know, whatever. And and then because – well, no, because they've done that. That's a trope we see all the time. I mean, uh, the most recent one I can think of immediately is um, uh, Captain America with Agent Carter, and then he ends up with Sharon Carter, you know, briefly. You know, so it's yeah. kind of the same thing. You know, I mean, obviously more serious, but because it's, you know, but it's the same idea, you know. What, what I liked is the fact that, like, it almost for a brief minute kind of implies that he could have been the father of Vanessa. But then it's like, no, no, like, like Marie. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to make that joke in in a movie like this. That's sure. Yeah. Marie, Mrs. Kensington, whose name is actually Marie. They never say it, but it's confirmed. That's confirmed. That her fucking name is Marie. That Kensington. must be somewhere else because it's on IMDb. It's just Mrs. Kensington. I, be- I, I believe know. you, but I'm just saying. So Wikipedia, man. Wikipedia never lies to me. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's like she. There were times where she was tempted, but she always stuck with Mr. Kensington. And which... actually, Austin says that at some point later mm-hmm. too. He like kind of confirms that story. Which who the fuck is that guy? I want to know more about Mr. Kensington, who's just like, I am fully aware that my wife is a secret agent and is with and her partner is the most sexed out motherfucker <laughs> Ever. on the planet. Yeah. He's just like, she's like, honey, I'm pregnant. He's like, uh-huh. We're getting a blood test right the fuck now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, You know, it's the swinging 60s. It was like. The fact that she was able to remain faithful during the fucking, you know, the the fucking swinging 60s of all fucking decades and and be partnered with the most overly fucking horny motherfucker on the planet. I give I give Mrs. Kensington all the credit. I also give Mimi Rogers all the credit, despite the fact I mean, she introduced Tom Cruise to Scientology. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm giving her credit. She did that shit. She also left the church. So. Yeah. But damage has already been done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll talk about Tom eventually here because yeah. that was a thing that happened. All. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I liked Vanessa. I liked. I I always. I think like every other kind of. Straight the, the, the problem. Boy. The problem I had. And I had this problem with definitely with one and two because I don't feel. I don't, to me, it didn't happen in three. But maybe I miss I just missed it. But in one and two, this this happens both times where Austin starts as I get to shag everything on the planet whenever I want, you know, whatever. Not not in a rapey kind of way. I do want to stress that he's never like that about it. He's just kind of aggro aggressive, maybe a little. He's, he's lost he's a man lost in the wrong time. Like, you know, yeah. But even when he's in the sixties, he's the same way. It's not any different, but I'm just saying, my point is that he's, he's very much about, we're going to have sex now and expecting it to happen, but that's whatever it is. It's chauvinistic. Right. And 
No, because that's the thing. Like he, he never strikes me as like the women can't do things, and that's always to me what a chauvinistic gay person is. It's someone who feels like that they're above women, and I, I feel like he's not. Doesn't feel like he's above them, but he also feels like that. You know, it's weird. So anyway, he's a romantic chauvinist. Is really what it is. That I can kind of get in line with more than just a pure chauvinist. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Or se- or sexual chauvinist might even be the better way to put it because otherwise, like he's got no problem with her being like an agent. He's never said, "Oh, women can't be agents" or whatever. I mean, if I was going to use his terminology, that's groovy, you know. So, you know, right? But he also does kind of view like free sex, like free unprotected sex with no attachments, is just fully ingrained in his brain. Well, that's why so, I said sexual chauvinist, not full on. I mean, anyway, right. The the point is that he has a coming coming to Jesus kind of moment in with in the first one where he, he realizes like that's not the way to go and he becomes monogamous with, with Vanessa and whatever. And then he does the same thing with Felicity in the second one. And that one they never really fully explain. Like it really feels like one scene she's turning him down and then again immediately like it's it's like he's not trying to shag anyone else he only wants to be with and actually gets upset when she fucks fat bastard well she she does to him what he did to vanessa no no i that's my point but he kind of reverts and then comes back to that like it's really kind of weird i don't understand what you're saying what what he does to felicity like you're saying that he no he doesn't do to felicity but like i'm saying because he doesn't have his mojo no, 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 no. You're you're missing what I'm saying. That the, okay. the same the same type of come to Jesus moment. Like he, even though he doesn't have his mojo, only keeps him from actually being able to perform. It doesn't keep him from wanting to be able to do it. That's I. He he was as horny as ever, even when he didn't have his mojo. And at some point, with no real explanation, it goes from him just I'll you know, shag anything that walks to, I only want to be with Felicity. There's no, I mean, they, they go on like this date out of nowhere. Like it, it, it really, to me went from, okay, here's this hot American I have to work with to now we're dating it, literally in a scene cut. Like there was no, at least with Vanessa, there was some buildup. You know what I mean? Like you at least saw that progression occurring, you know, whereas well, I think because, the, the difference is, is that um, Vanessa is a 90s woman. Sure. Uh, and and Felicity is a 60s yeah. woman. Right. But So she, in terms of ideology, is more in tune with Austin's free love mentality than uh, Vanessa's mentality. So she is actually the aggressor in that relationship. Right. She makes him uncomfortable at one point where she's like, you're going to like – you know, like she basically pounces on him and seduces him, but because he's impotent, because that's what the mojo, mojo yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I got it. Well, I'm t- for the for the audience's clarification, because sure. when I was a kid, I thought it was literally like his literal penis. Like I thought, like Doctor Evil drank a little bit of his penis juice. No, I, I at worst, I just thought it was like. Um... When I watch again, keep in mind we were probably about a decade apart when we both saw this because I saw sure. it around when it came. I don't, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I saw it not long after it. At least when it got to, you know, DVD, eight VHS like that because I forget what what it came out on first. But you know, oh VHS um, for sure. 
But I think I think DVDs were starting around that time too. Like so, DVDs were becoming more of a bigger boom when Goldmember came out. Because I remember bigger boom, really but there were there were DVDs as early as by the Chad me because I saw Matrix on DVD and that was ninety nine two thousand right so yeah they um, were definitely bringing it but Goldmember for sure Goldmember was more of the DVD with interactive menu type of shit sure so I might have actually seen the first one on like HBO but anyway I don't I don't remember the po- the po- and that's not to dismiss it I don't think that's the important part but the the important part is that. I forget what I was saying now. God damn it. Felicity is the aggressor. Oh, well, yeah, but like, I, it, 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 yo, we were talking about the mojo. To me, the mojo was just his, it just, just his ability to be smooth and, you know, he, he still wants to fuck everything that moves, but he can't, he loses his ability to like seduce the women. That's to me what the mojo was. And, and they, they gave it a physical form because they needed it for the comedy of the film. But technically it's, you know, just your ability to, to do it, you know, which means the byproduct would be instead of him trying to like fuck Felicity, he's trying to get to know her because he's like, we're going to have to be, well, that like, would be the byproduct if you were making a smart movie, but this is very much not a smart movie. So, well, Look, maybe Mike Myers is trying to make a smart movie, but he's not that smart. That's also a, a viable answer for sure. So either I mean, either it's way, not like, it's not like Canadians have a shitty education system. No, no, I, I, I that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Moving on. Okay. Um, but I, I just feel like that there was. Him coming to realize that the way he was acting, especially with Vanessa, by the time he does realize that, made sense. Whereas with with Felicity, it just felt like, okay, let's repeat the joke here, or repeat repeat the the the, the trope, if you will. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, he definitely had strong desire for Felicity, like I said, because she was the American. She's well, desire, a, she's yes. the American woman, yeah. But but he he, you know, like Austin. By character, the way he's originally, you know, written or or at least introduced to us, should not give a shit that she fucks fat bastard or anyone else for that matter. You know well, what I mean? He needed a taste of his own medicine. That's the whole point. But also, how the he fact got that to the point where that bastard of all people. Well, sure, but how how he gets to the point where that taste of his own medicine bothers him is a little unexplained. That's well, the see, point I'm trying to say. Because that's that's what I'm saying is that he's still a product of his time where he views himself prime. Like he he'll say women can be in power and women can be agents and women could have all the free love they want. But if he has an attraction to them, he's still old fashioned in that sense. Like, listen, I could cheat on you for the sake of our duty as an agent, but I don't like the fact that you fuck somebody else because I want to fuck you. It's it's that's what I'm saying. He's he's preaching free love, but he's also like, but it's but I want you, like you should fuck me first, while I can fuck anything that moves. It's I see it all the time. I know people, and I'm not going to mention anybody, but let's just say I know older people that think they're feminists, but really get bent out of shape if somebody if they quote unquote cheat on them, you know, or if they're yeah, like, yeah. well, I thought we were in a relationship. It's like, well. That didn't stop you from fucking other women. Well, you know, they couldn't, you know, provide blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, they wouldn't fuck somebody else. Yeah, but I, th- you know, it's 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 a stupid male macho ownership thing. And Austin Powers un- falls in that. That being said, 
I have to give full credibility to Austin Powers and Mike Myers writing the character on the whole that even though he's the most sexed up person on the planet, he still did not take advantage of a woman who was drunk. That's amazing to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Vanessa was like all over Smashed. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually, you're right. You mentioned that and I agree with you. That that caught my eye as well when when it happens. Like, you know, I guess, I guess if we if were to sum up Austin's um uh per per uh per what's, the word? what's that no no um preference is, is uh-huh. that yeah he's going to seduce them but he wants them to come willingly of 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 free choice and being smashed like Vanessa was is not a free choice and that's why he he told her no he, you know? I think his rule is we both have to be drunk or not at all. Or or the other the other thing is is that might be he might have been starting to realize what he was doing was wrong in in general. And so could that be. that could have been the first moment of like, okay, I need to be a different slash better person, you know. Yeah, it, it, it could be. It could also be argued that he never had feelings for someone, you know, beyond just sexual Well, beyond Mrs. Kensington. Because it implied, I mean, during that whole monologue, yeah, that's he basically true. he basically implies that like he was I totally loved her. your mom. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. But I respected her decision to not go with me because she loved your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which goes back to what I was saying. Like, who the fuck was that guy? I'm also willing to admit that I think we just put more thought into that whole relationship than Mike Myers did in the entirety of writing the script. Oh, for um. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do. I mean, we take movies that don't put any thought into anything. And we're like, well, I wonder what the character was thinking. No, there are some times that we've done where I, we've had discussions where I think we put equal amounts of thought in it, maybe from a different perspective, but we've definitely put equal amounts of thought in this one. No, we, we, we put way much more thought into it. We put way more thought into the characters in the fucking last couple episodes than we did, than they did. I, I don't agree, but that's all right. Really? You don't agree? I don't agree. Fuck you. Han should stay dead. I didn't say all. I, you said you mm. said all. I, I'm saying not all. A family family vroom vroom. <laughs> that's that's okay. going to be the thing for 2022. <laughs> every every time, just, just family family. Hey, man. Hey, man. Um, I recorded the episodes. I did my part. And it doesn't mean I can't make fun of it. Yes, it does. Um... Oh, and you don't bring up Halloween every chance you fucking get? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I overall, I, I, I love, so the, what, dynam- what dynamics that I really like, I love, and it's this is one of the parts, so there were definitely parts of this, even watching it now, that I still really enjoyed. There were parts. It wasn't like it was all just, oh my God, I can't believe this, right? Yeah, I, I and, agree. And for me, and it's something I've always enjoyed, is the dynamic between Scott and Dr. Evil. Agreed. That cracks me the fuck up. And what I just recently read that I didn't know is that it's all improvised, which makes it that much better. You know what I mean? Well, the shh and zip it scenes. That's what I mean. That's not more... not all of the interaction between the no, two. Of them, but no, no, you're right. Those you, jokes for sure. The, yeah, and that's more what I meant because those are really the parts that I think are the are the best when it comes to those those moments. You know, but right. like, but even some of the stuff that's probably scripted, like when they're doing, um, yeah, in the first, just trying to stick with the first one when he's like, you know, uh, Doctor Parsons is making me this laser, so we'll call it the death. Is that two? Mm-hmm. 
Then what? The Alan Parsons project, and he's just like, oh, nothing, Darth. Yeah, that, yeah. Because the laser is the second movie. Or he's like, ass. No, okay, yeah. that's a, we're, we're both wrong. We're both wrong. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. The Alan Parsons project is the drill to the magma for the first one. The Death, the Death Star is the laser on the moon in the second one. That's where I'm mm-hmm. saying we're both wrong. Because Alan Parsons... The, Par- the third one is... Uh, Preparation Age. Preparation Age, yeah. Yeah, which... Yeah. <laughs> but I just love, like, he'll be talking about it and Scott will be like, ass. Like, it's just... Well, I, I love the line in, in uh, 3... Where he's like, when he's doing the preparation joke, you know, the preparation H joke, where he's just like, no, no, I agree. Preparation H does feel good on the whole. It's like, why don't you just call it Operation Ass Cream Ass? He's like, I'm sorry, did you say you want some ice cream? Yes, I would love some chocolate ass cream. Right, which, which <laughs> by the way, I know it's supposed to be chocolate, but it looks like chocolate ass cream all over Minimi's face at the same time that joke is happening, which yep. makes it infinitely funnier to me, at least. So. The, there's a lot of great, like the whole fucking uh, the father-son therapy session with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I that was, I mean, it was great seeing Carrie. I like that. I honestly, like, because there's another sequence similar to that, in, too, and I like the whole Jerry Springer thing better than uh, the group therapy, but yeah. Yeah, but like what I liked was you remember the uh, I think it was Budweiser. Budweiser had a whole series of commercials where it was like two guys like I love you, man. It's like you you can't have my beer, Billy, or whatever the fuck it was. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So the father and son, he's like, I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. And they hug it out. Those are the same actors from those commercials. Oh, is it? Really? That's funny. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, and I and I'm sure at the time I probably caught that yeah. but you know 30 years removed i probably don't remember that sure. at all um my, one of my one of my all-time favorite characters and i love the dynamic and steph will back me up on this is frau frau Farbison. oh she's fantastic dude mindy sterling is that her name i think i, I think, think it's so mindy yeah sterling. i got it right here give me a second did not do enough with her fucking life she's still alive and she's and she still like, acts she's, she's in the goldbergs She's in the Goldbergs. She's from Patterson. I figure I throw that your oh, way. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Mindy Sterling. You're right. By the way, just dude, to, yeah. she is so fucking funny. She, she really is. I, I, if if Deb wasn't trying to sleep, I would totally do my my Frau impression because I can I can I can't do good. all of it, but I can do the the when she, you know. Do you want me to try? I'll, I'll leave back from the mic. <laughs> Set in the crowd. Well, I was gonna do when she calls it her son, but yeah, you know, essentially. Dad! Yeah. Uh, she <laughs> really does it. kill that. It really is good. Yeah. I Everybody did... flinches. <laughs> yeah, and 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 what what's interesting to me? You're right. Everybody flinches, and you do see that to some degree. But if you notice, in each of the movies, the camera focuses on one person more than anyone else. Doctor Evil. No, 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 no. In the first one, it's Doctor Evil. The second one, it's it's Mini Me. And the third one, I th- believe it's number two. They I, they, w- they show them all, but they, but it, yeah. it almost always goes to the one character in in, in different each of the one she does that moment. So sure, I mean it's. I don't know if there's I, any particular reason for each person. Mini Me probably because it's Mini Me and it's the introduction of the character. I'm not sure why number two was chosen for a gold member, but you know. 
I don't. I mean, I remember the, the go, number two was is such an interesting degression as a character. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he doesn't improve; he just kind of gets less used. Like, well, considering he shouldn't be in the second or third movies, because he should be dead. I agree. I mean, I actually, dude, I read a theory that because he does have a burn on his cheek, implying it, that he survived the burn. In in well, wait, and I, I want you to finish your point. He has a burn on his cheek in the second one, and then it gets, disappears by the third film. Yes, go ahead. But like we said earlier, this movie is full of incontinuities that they were just like, we don't give a fuck. Just oh, whatever. Well, we're, we're going to get into another big one that irked me in a minute, but go ahead. But someone someone overthought this more than you and I did. Someone was like, what? well, <laughs> yeah, they were like, what if they have the ability to make clones? What if what if number two is another clone, but they managed to make him more sus- um, susceptible or subservient to yeah yeah to Doctor Evil like because he betrayed him in the first film. There's a whole lot of see. I have I mean of course I have, but I had all the films on VHS sure. before I got them on DVD. Sure. The first film tape ends with a ton of extra footage. All the deleted scenes that you would expect on a DVD are at the end of the VHS tape. Okay. And they go through alternate takes, deleted scenes, and there's a whole bunch of them. So the it was bonus thing, features before that was really a thing. Really, yeah, yeah. The, um, like amazingly so, and I thought it was like getting a real fucking perk when I was like, you know, you just you keep watching and you're like, sure. oh, well, maybe there's something at the end of this, and there's a whole fucking dialogue back and forth of number two, um, betraying Doctor Evil, where he's like trying to give a business proposition to Austin. He pulls out a suitcase, and you see it in the film. There's a suitcase that is later open, full of money. That's him explaining all this money, and then Austin picks up a stack and uh, fans it, you know, and he and listens to the money. And he says, sure. "Oh, you're one hundred eighty-two dollars short, or whatever the fuck." He's like, "Well, I had to buy the case." So he's like, "Oh, so in actuality, I'm buying the case." Like, "Well, it's a nice case." Like, "Right, but what if I don't want the case? What if I just want the money?" So right. This whole back and forth, and then Doctor Evil gets so frustrated. He's like, "All right, I've had enough," and then that's when he burns number two. So there's a whole bunch of bonus shit like. At one point at the end of the film, when Austin and Vanessa escape the the facility, mm-hmm. they're on a raft in the water. And she's like, Austin, how, how what are we doing on this raft? She's like, all my movies end this way, baby. And like it's and then fucking uh Basil shows up in a helicopter and then they start making out, and Austin like waves them away. It's like, here, come back later. I got to fuck Vanessa on a raft. Right. Basically. Right. So like, there's a whole bunch of deleted scenes that like don't make sense, but kind of flow with the film. On sure, a sure, sure. Um, uh, it's still funny, though. No, that is, is, is uh, does sound funny. I, I, I want to know, for a while ago, let, I'm trying to stay in order here. So, okay, character that does make a brief reappearance in two, but I'm so glad they killed off Mustafa. Okay, this is where you and I might disagree. Because as you and I both are in agreement that we don't particularly like Will Ferrell, we kind of we find him a little overrated, and we kind of find his humor one note where it's like like always kind of yelling, like yelling the thoughts that are in his brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am of the opinion that Will Ferrell can act every once in a while. Like I really enjoyed his performance in Stranger Than Fiction. 
which I haven't seen. Uh, so, yeah. It's it's pretty good. Um, he plays a guy. He plays a guy who finds out that Emma Thompson is writing his life. She's an author, so he hears her narrating, and she narrates that he's going to die soon. So it's the Truman Show. It's the Truman Show, but only he can hear. Okay, whereas everyone's watching. Yeah, right. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he comes off crazy, and he's like talking to a shrink. He says, "I have a, I have a woman who's narrating my life." So it's it's the Truman Show meets what women want, basically. Kind of. (laughs) It's it's. it's, I mean, it's really. You see where I'm going with it, but I I I understand. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of its own genre. No, I get Um, it. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, but it's it's a good it's a good flick. My point is is. I actually kind of dug the Will Ferrell Mustafa character in both one and two. I was surprised they didn't bring him back for three did based the, on the fact that he never fucking dies. Well, see, and that's that. Well, see, the, but no, he uh, no, he does die in one, but right. But they, because then they go back in the past. Correct. That's he's why he's alive. able to make an appearance. Right. Uh, and and that I well I I may not like that they had the character and brought him back. I can at least I I'm on board for that sequence of events that allows him that, to be there. You know, that so logic that right they use. exactly. I'm I'm on board there. But to me, he is doing his Will Ferrell thing when he you know Doctor Evil hit the button, sends him down. He's in. He's now in presumably in the fire pit, and you just mm-hmm. hear his voice. It's really hot down here. I'm I'm burning. It's getting I'm very worse. badly burned. Like that's the Will Ferrell shit that annoys the fuck out of me. Like that's the Will Ferrell stuff that I cannot stand. Like there, uh, very quickly, and I know we've talked about it before, but I'll just reiterate. Like the cheerleaders sketch. Mm-hmm. I think he's great in that sketch. I actually really enjoy that sketch. You know, it's one of the few Will Ferrell things I've seen that I really like. You know what I mean? I uh, the cow obviously the cowbell sketch with "Don't Fear the Reaper." That one goes on too long, but that's not Will's fault. Like the the, the, the issues with that sketch are not because of what Will's doing, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Him so, as Trebek for the celebrity. I Jeopardy. was about to get there. Yeah, yeah. him as Trebek is is great. And then there's the other one where they're like kind of doing a Captain and Tennille thing, where they're like lounge singers. It's him and Sherry O'Terry, You know, just and they're they're lounge singers. I, and, and no, I'm pretty sure it's. Sure. it's it's him and Kristen Wiig. Sherry is it Kristen Wiig? Okay, I, I'm not. Sherry O'Terry is the uh, cheerleader. I thought they were both, but that's. I'm not gonna. That's not as important. The important part is like those are those are characters of his that I I actually kind of enjoy. That whole like I'm very badly burned. Please help. I'm still alive. Send a name. You know whatever. Like that because he's done that in other stuff that's not Austin Powers. And every time I hear it, I'm like, shut the fuck up. But yeah. that's but yes, it's annoying. But what makes that scene worthwhile is Doctor Evil's rebuttal, where he's just like trying to get through. Yes. He's trying to get through his evil scheme. He's like, "Some of you I know. Some of you I'm meeting for this. Oh, hello out there, anybody?" And he's just like, "All right, excuse me." And he picks up the guy, just like picks up the phone, and he's just talking. He's like, "Yeah, right, yeah." He's still badly burnt. Like right, and then you just hear bang, bang, like, yeah, like, bang, bang. He's like, "You shot me! You shot me right in the arm! Why didn't you bang?" And then there's just that like, there, like ten <laughs> seconds of silence where Doctor Evil's like, 
Well, I'm not going to say anything until I confirm that he's dead. I liked that part, but I, I really did. Because I was 10 when Shagney came out. Sure, sure. So my cousin Jared and I, we were constantly quoting Spy Who Shagged Me. Like, the, once Spy Who Shagged Me came out, that was part of every fucking adolescent boys oh sure and, and, and I mean, even, even with our age gap my friends and i had moments like sure i mean you know what i mean like like for us it was more the um the dynamic between scott and dr evil like yeah or zip it you know or you know and and you know and www.com you know like we 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 did that shit to each other all the time you know so and we got a lot of like I shall call him Mini. Oh yeah, like, we did. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Or get in my belly, like all that shit was uh, part, like. You can't help but like look at a Spy Who Shagged Me, especially introduce a lot of catchphrases that just became part of that like, still get used. Culture. Like I mean, I I I can tell yeah. you to this day, I've still been in conversations with people that are familiar with these films, and. So, especially if you're in a, it, 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 it's so weird because it's amplified the bigger group. That the bigger the group, the more likelihood it's going to happen. I don't know mm-hmm. why that is, but inevitably, if you've got four or more people and you're having a discussion about anything that involves like money, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like you know like. I'm talking about like, all right, well, we're going to go here. Well, how much does it cost? Inevitably, somebody's going to go $1 million. Like that, yeah. with the pinky, I know you guys can't see it, but like that's inevitable in any conversation that I've been a part of for the last 30 years. All right, so the really funny thing about the pinky is Steph loves doing the pinky. Oh, I've seen her do it. Yeah, she I've absolutely seen it. She does it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not like she's doing it to imitate Dr. Evil. Because she's not doing the voice. She's not going, no. one million dollars. No, no, she's no. just doing, yeah. She's doing it in almost kind of like, ooh. It's like, like almost like a like borderline sexual, but like goofy kind of way. She's done it to me, so I'm hoping it's more the borderline goofy than this. <laughs> let, let me explain it this way. So, like, it's not like, like if you said something inappropriate like oh you know uh, you know sex joke sex joke sure, and she's sure. like ooh that's what she's doing right is right the, whereas like like it could be she she it's almost like she took the personality of Austin Powers with the pinky of Dr. Evil and combined herself combined it to make herself that's really what it is like ooh <laughs> you said a dirty word and it's like pinky like and it's only she does it in that context sure um but the funny, I mean, the pinky thing is such a weird thing to do in a general sense. Like, where the fuck did Mike Myers come up with that? Apparently, Lorne Michaels does that all the time. Oh, I, I'd heard that. I heard that Doctor Evil as a whole is pretty strongly based on Lorne. It's Lorne Michaels and it's Donald Pleasance. Okay, yeah, Donald Pleasance as as Blofeld. Sure, from uh, especially uh, the film uh, "You Only Live Twice." Okay. Um, but the, yeah, the, the P someone actually like figured this out or like someone who's a doctor is a fan of these movies. They found out that the pinky that you use, like there's like a digit that is to extend in your pinky finger is actually called something, something scientific, mini me, M I N I M I. 
that that's got to be a coincidence. There's no it's, way. It's pure coincidence, but also in Goldmember, when Day DeVito as Mini-Me, which is really fucking funny to me. Yeah, I was. I wanted to see your, hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, but like he's holding up a big machine gun. That is called also the Mini Me. Right. Am that I, am I. That I that I knew. Yeah. That that I, I think was done on purpose. No, sure. That that yeah. I would a hundred percent agree was done on purpose. But the the pinky thing, not so much. Yeah. No. That was purely just like, what the fuck? They couldn't have planned that better. I do love that they use a Bob's Big Boy, by the way, for the first one. Mm-hmm. And the know. second one. And yeah, 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 yeah. I had to think for a second, but yeah. Um, um, I, I also, you know, like like moving on to the second one, unless unless you had something else about the first one, but well, there's more deleted scenes of the first one. I'm not sure you know about. Um, it, I didn't watch any of them this time, but I might have seen them in the past. Sure. Well, so Rob Lowe is technically in both films. Yes, but he's not number two. That I know. Yeah. Yeah, in the first one. So remember the guy named Michael McDonald, the character Michael McDonald, who gets run over by the steamroller. Yeah. So they did, they did a whole like extra thing where Rob Lowe is his buddy and it's supposed to like, they're throwing a surprise party or something for that guy with a whole bunch of friends. And then they get the call from like corporate at Dr. Evil's lair and shit. It's like, Oh yeah. Uh, fucking that guy got crushed by Austin Powers. So he has to explain to his friends like, oh, he was he was crushed over by Steamroller by an international uh, man of mystery. Like and he says it like that. Right. And then the next scene shows the dude's wife at a suburban brightly sunny house with her son who's like kind of like a fat jolly kid comes in from, you know, playing outside and she has to break the news I think it's like like he's her he is uh, the stepdad of the kid. He's like your stepdad was run over by an international man of mystery, and it's like this weird like uh, it's like Mike Myers and Jay Roach filmed all these extra scenes that at no point would make sense in the film, but like it's weird that they did this shit. Right? No, I agree. I agree. I uh, you know. I... <laughs> no, I was I was looking something up. That's why I because. I got to tell you that when I watched that movie, and tell me if you agree, maybe you don't agree, but at one point they do a, a close-up of him, like, panicking about the thing coming towards him, the the guy that oh, gets crushed by the steamroller. Yeah. And when they do that shot, I could have sworn it was Rob Riggle, like a young Rob Riggle. And it's not. Yeah. I looked it up. But, I mean, I, uh, I was Rob, almost going to— significantly beefier. Well, now, yes, but you're talking 30 Back years ago. Too. Okay, well, see, I, I didn't know, I, but here's the thing. I can't stand Rob Riggle, so, like, if, if I had seen Rob Riggle get flattened by a steamroller, I would have been like, yes! Well, maybe that's what happened. Maybe when you flatten Rob Riggle, you get Michael McDonald. Yeah, maybe. Just maybe. makes him thinner. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have anything against Rob Riggle. Uh, he just annoys me. He's very much like Will does. You know, if I said, hey, that's a strong word, but he annoys they, me. He annoys me as much as Will Ferrell does, if not a little more. That's, so you don't like the the unnecessarily loud comedians. No, I really, I really generally yeah. don't like. Like one of my. How favorite do you com- deal with me then, motherfucker? I I, I, I ask myself that watch every your, day. Watch your words carefully, bitch. <laughs> I'll sign off real quickly. Um, 
like one of my favorite comedians of all time for a long time, but he went batshit crazy in my opinion. So I, I, I changed my perspective on him, but was Dennis Miller. I loved, I used to love Dennis Miller's stand up, but then he kind of went batshit crazy on me and he just became a Republican. Yeah, but he was always kind of Republican, but he was like Republican central as opposed to Republican right. And that's, he was like a, you know, he was like a Democrat libertarian who became libertarian who became a Republican. Yeah, it, it's and it, yeah, it's kind of what you know it, what it is. The more rich he got, the sure. more conservative you guys like. I'm going to protect all my fucking money. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I also like Robert Wall. Still like Robert Wall. Like he's he's. I wouldn't very call funny. Robert Wall Republican though. No, no, no. I'm just talking about uh, comedians. Okay. I, no, no, no. I, I was okay. coming off the, the. I was done with that point and just going to like gotcha. that style of comedian. Like I like Robert Wall. I like I like Anthony Jeselnik. If you've seen him, you know. Oh, I have. He's he's. He, he's he, definitely not loud. No, no, but and that, but it. it, it he goes he, right for the jugular. No, he really does. But I also like um. Um, Jeff Ross, who is definitely a little bit louder, you know, a little more vocal, yeah. But yeah, so but anyway, th- yeah, those are those are more of the the comedians that I I prefer. I mean, Ro- Robin's probably Robin and and Bob Saget were probably the two like loudest that I I enjoyed mm. on our fair- maybe Gallagher if you consider that you know i know i loved gallagher i thought he was funny as fuck because that's the thing yeah. everyone knows him for the the smashing of the um melons the melons he was a really fucking funny comedian like because he would do everyone remembers the the melon smashing which is what he is definitely no sledgematic is a thing that is no joke mm-hmm. about it but like or i mean there is a joke about it but there's no there's no question about it but he he also would do a whole bunch of stand-up before he ever got to the sledgematic like it wasn't come out sledgematic off stage like he would do a whole set before he did sledgematic i mean you you're also a fan of carlin carlin yeah. was never Car- really Car- loud no exactly yeah that's a good point carlin yeah but but because Rob, robin can get a little boisterous and and flamboyant for lack of a better phrase on stage you know what i mean so the difference between carlin and robin is robin was just quicker well, I was just saying, Which Robin, is, compared to like these are some of these other guys that you're, you know, like really like your Riggles or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would, I would not really call Riggle like he, he's a funny guy in certain things, but he's not like a comedian, comedian as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I also, and um, then last one that just comes to mind is Frank Caliendo. I like Frank Caliendo quite so a bit. Do I. So do I. I love Frank Caliendo. Yeah. yeah. Well, I um, figured you would because of the impressions. Yeah. Right. I mean, he he's loud when he's imitating Pacino. Or or, or, or whatever. Yeah, and even even Barkley to some degree. Like it, it's not loud volume wise, but it's intense. Intense is the right word for when he does. That's Charles a terrible, terrible, terrible. Like his his. I love his rationale of like Charles Barkley doesn't say terrible. He says terrible, terrible. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Which, terrible, which terrible, actually, terrible so so very quick side note. Today is Charles Barkley's birthday. He's fifty nine, I think, and he. The the point for bringing that up is that I listen to a lot of sports radio, mm-hmm. um, and one of the hosts that was only does a show on Saturdays, since he's not going to be on air on Charles's birthday was pl- and when he, when he was coming back from commercials he was playing clips of Charles, and I don't know if it was by design but on several of them he uses the word terrible and and Frank's got it a hundred percent it's not yeah. terrible it's terrible you know what I mean like terrible terrible thing. 
The thing, very quick to finish it off, the thing that I love about Frank Orlando, especially when he does Charles, because, and, and it's a sad thing, because sometimes if you hear Frank on like radio or whatever, you don't see it, but he does, like, he, he contorts his face to go with the. Yeah, the sound. There are people that can do the voices, and their face never changes. They just can kick from voice to voice. He goes into the full character, really, and he can throw that eye. Like he can spin the one eye out. Like he'll have the one in and the other one like wandering. <laughs> I, the the fucking uh, the Robert De Niro Frankenstein bit. Oh, like I, yeah. I I said way back when. I'm like I bar I took this from Caliendo. Caliendo is the one who did it. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Look at me. Eh? I yeah. am the Frankenstein monster. Like, you know, that's that's yeah. all Caliendo. That's all Caliendo, yeah. Anyway. Um, um, right, back to someone else imitating somebody else. Uh, Austin Powers. So, sorry, I just... No, that's fine. Hey, it wouldn't be pot askew. I mean, we got to find fucking minutes to fill anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we're, we're not going to release a, you know, 40-minute episode of you guys. We, we have. We like you. We have. Yeah, as an intro. No, News and Nuts, 45 minutes, 47 minutes. We put that that's out. Right. Years ago, um, you're, can, and, we, can, and we haven't since. So, can you believe that we? I can say that years ago at this point. That's crazy. anyway. Yes. Um, uh, okay, so international minute or no? Um, spy shagged me. Um, you kill Vanessa in the first thirty fucking seconds. I I there there are so many questions for that scene. One was she a fembot? All along, yes, that's that's the implication that I got from it. Or was she replaced at one point? I got because, the implication because if she, she was, was a fembot all along, then why would Mrs. Kensington have a daughter? Does that well, make Mrs. Kensington also a fembot? Okay, when I say all along, I mean from the point that she gets to the ministry, so long before we see her. But as, so yes, so so I guess it's both, right? Like I think from the. She was replaced at some point in the the world of Austin Powers, the lifetime that is Austin Powers that we don't see. But from from a moviegoer perspective, I think she was a fembot the whole way through, based on what which, they did in two. Which is so fucking. I agree. I I agree. It's ridiculous. I I one thousand percent agree. Yeah. And originally, Elizabeth Hurley wasn't originally allowed like not allowed wasn't able to come back because she had schedules of other shit she was filming other shit sure probably something like bedazzled or something um she should have stayed with this i i like was i liked her it's okay but yeah it's fine it's fine it's it's another i mean i think i have a soft spot because it's set in the bay area it's got brandon frazier and elizabeth hurley's Fucking hot! Like I, uh, I all all three of those are facts. I can't argue the, with those. The dumbest fucking thing Hugh Grant ever fucking did was cheat on her. Uh, I I I I concur. Yeah, it was not great for them to blow up fucking Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, for no reason, and also at least introduce another plot point uh, instead of just having Basil be like, "Yes, we knew all along." Sadly, it's like. Well, then you guys suck. Also, yeah. the other factor is the Spy Who Shagged Me starts out in 1999. That is said because they say we're in 1999. It's yep. been two years. Yep. So they've had the longest fucking honeymoon. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, dude, honestly, I have to fucking go back to the first one. Okay. It's it's not a great subject, meaning it's really heavy, but I have to tell you. 
So the actor who plays Random Task, which in itself is a pun on the name Odd Job. Who's Random Task? The shoe throwing motherfucker. Oh, oh, oh! I I couldn't remember his name, but God, okay, yeah. Okay, so that's a play on the character Odd Job who throws. Yeah, a, a hat, hat with the, the with the razor blade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And seriously, who throws a shoe? Yeah, who throws that, a shoe? Honestly, that that was another one that got used in my yeah, world. All, a lot. all of these yeah. movies use the same gimmick and the same. You know, they they borrow their catchphrases, they borrow sure. their gimmicks. But anyway, you were talking about yeah. So that actor is imprisoned for life. Oh, bear with bear with me. So. He is not a good thing. I'm okay. He, yeah. He and an accomplice tortured and gang raped a woman for hours and and were taunting her and putting a gun to her and all sorts of awful shit and let her live because and apparently he said it. Congratulations. It's Christmas. It's your lucky day. And let her live because of that. But, like, tortured her beyond, like, and she didn't know who he was. She had a copy of Austin Powers oh, in her phone. no. I swear this is all true. Oh, I, I, I believe every word you're saying. <laughs> so, but look, it, it ends on a happy note because he is, he was caught. Right. But, like, yeah. she was watching and realized who was on screen and who, like, this is the, and it was years later. Because this this gang rape, like all this bullshit, happened in, like nineteen ninety. Oh, so this was long before the first movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I so thought you meant. I thought you meant in between the two films. So no, 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 no. Okay, no. So okay. she's been like sitting on like, this for almost a like, decade at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they caught him, threw his ass in fucking prison, Good. gave him the. <laughs> this is so stupid. They gave him the sentence of seven years to life. I mean, why even throw in the seven at that point? <laughs> well, like, if I mean, you get out after eight for good behavior, it's like, oh man, you managed to avoid that life sentence. It, it's possible, yeah. But then he fucked himself because his cellmate, he, he killed his cellmate. And they added an extra 30 years. So his life sentence is life plus 30. No, that means if he dies and is reincarnated, he's got to go back to jail for 30 years. No, actually, if I'm right, his sentence is 37 to life. Oh, my God, you're right. Well, actually, no, I, I, I rounded up to 30. It's actually 27, so it's 34. Sorry to fuck with you. Damn, you should have just it, it, it played because better. Because it's fucking life. Who gives a fuck what the other numbers are? <laughs> It's well, like saying you have double life. Oh, yep. good. I wonder how I'll figure that one out. Okay, so so very quickly, uh, quick uh, criminal justice lesson for you, right? Mm. If someone is sentenced to life mm -hmm. and it's not life without the possibility of parole, they are released after 20 years, almost always. Just due to hold, let's just do the room and everything. I, I, I assume as such. I've never knew the the. It's either twenty or twenty five. I might, but it's it's one of those two for sure. They're almost, you know, and it, that's that's also presumably they didn't do something else while in prison, i.e., kill your cellmate, which yeah, most let of them out for good behavior. Yeah, which most of them do. Most of them do something stupid or are found to have done something else 
while before sentencing and get tried for something else, you know. But yeah. Well, I found out what what like the whole situation with his cellmate. His cellmate was in prison because he didn't tell everybody that he was a registered sex offender. Like he didn't knock door to door. So sure. he threw his ass in jail. Presumably he told his fucking cellmate, he's like, well, you're a sex offender. I'm just going to kill you. Presumably it was something to do with like kids maybe. Right. right. And that's, that's a, like an unwritten rule I've heard of is like, yeah, you've got the worst of worst in prisons, but apparently like children, sex offenders don't, 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 don't long. No. And nor should they for the matter. Right. But... I agree. When uh, when the fucking gang raper torturer motherfucker is the hero when he killed a fucking pedophile, then you're like, oh my god, my brain itches from thinking about this. Yeah, right. Um, so look, look all I'm saying is that it's really fucked up to watch like this motherfucker on screen be like, oh my god, this dude did unspeakable shit. I didn't know about. It I'm not even talking now, about Kevin but... Spacey in the third film. <laughs> oh. Um, very quickly, just because you said it was like, did they, and if you don't know the answer, that's fine, but did they ever get the rest of them or just him? It was just two. Well, did they ever get the other? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. The other guy, I guess, as more of a reduced sentence, but okay. still a significant sentence. No, like sure. Yeah, right, right. Like, like, yeah, some ridiculous amount of time. No, I get it. And good. But I was just curious if, if they yeah, got the other yeah, person yeah. too. But who okay. fucking knew that, like. I was like, wondering, I, I always did wonder why, because, like, Austin doesn't kill him, that I recall. Does he? I don't remember you know, exactly. He just, he just puts a penis pump on him, and Vanessa breaks a fucking lamp or whatever over his head or a vase. Right, and then I think sends him down the hallway on, like, a cake cart or something. Presumably, like he called Basil and was like, yeah, there's a dude with a boner on a trolley. Can you go get him, please? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, in theory, that character could have... The character could have made a re reappearance. Yes, but I uh, and I think due to him being arrested, they're like, well, let's just never. No, no, no. I, I get why he wasn't, but I, my 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 point was that the character wasn't killed off. So if if the cat like because it, it was always the question to me of like why didn't where did that guy just fuck off to, you know? And also, but unlike say a real Bond film or a mission film or mm -hmm. or whatever. Because they're not so serious, someone just disappearing like that. You're like, oh, okay. Because you know what I mean. Like, it's not it's not something you really think about. You know. Well, more more often, Bond will kill the henchman. In, no, but I'm just Boston. saying in general, like a character, like in, in in a in a more serious film, you wonder, oh, I wonder why that character's just gone. When you, when you don't see him die, why didn't he make it a reappearance? Whereas in an Austin Powers, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Fuck, well, I mean, know? like, ironically enough, like there there's a lot of henchmen that are killed in the in the Austin Powers franchise, sure. mainly from Doctor Evil himself. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Austin Powers killed Patty, which I love that character. That was just just the concept. The concept of that character was funny to me. The the whole monologue that Frau does, where she's explaining the Lucky Charms cereal, yeah, was completely improvised. Was it? That's awesome. It. No, she, and like, just, and, just, and I think the guy, the actor who played Patty, uh, had to like. He basically said, "I took every ounce of me not to laugh so fucking hard," <laughs> especially when he had to say, "Like, yeah, they're after me, Lucky Charms," and like, all, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just more proof that Mindy Sterling is fucking a gem. You know what I oh mean? Like, yeah. So, uh, 
I, I, I just didn't like how he, but I didn't like they, how they kill off an essence and he immediately like reverts back to like it just immediately reverts back to Austin pre, pre Vanessa. Uh, um, oh, he does Let's go on that topic. Jesus. Well, no, I. Um, all right. Well, never mind then. Move on. No, 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 no. I just forgot. I just forgot that we were on that topic. It's like it's like you asked me a question thirty minutes ago, and I'm like, wait, what was the fucking question? Oh, we're still on that question. Oh shit. I thought we had. I just didn't realize it. I'm not. I didn't mean to make it like I don't want to talk about it. I just forgot the, the which track we were fucking yeah, riding. Well, on we here. we we we've jumped we've jumped cars a few times. Oh my god, dude, we did it. We we've been on separate fucking getaways. Um, <laughs> uh, Fortunately, that I, guy didn't get away. Um, uh, yeah. We um, I, I we're in agreement that they handled the Vanessa thing really weird because, yeah. like I said, it's like. It makes the whole movie, the whole first movie, really fucking confusing, especially when Vanessa is on the phone with her mother. It's like, did the real Vanessa die and, like, she was on the phone with her, quote-unquote, mother to keep up appearances? Do um, you want my honest opinion? Sure. My honest opinion, because I, I, I think yet yeah, it's not like this franchise hasn't killed characters. So I'm not going to say like they'll never kill anybody. They have, obviously, right? But, mm-hmm. but as weird as it might say sound to say this, they usually kill them for comedic effect. So killing someone off screen for no reason would have no comedic effect. So the best argument that I could give you is that at some point they captured her, the real mm-hmm. Vanessa, replaced her with a fembot. And, you know, if these fembots are done well enough, she conceivably could fool her mother on the telephone. You know what I mean? You know, she's definitely going to fool Austin because he's never met her before. So it's, you know, the the million-dollar question that we'll never get answered is if I'm right in that theory, there's no one that's ever like, so where's Vanessa? Like, right. you know, or they just, Pre- yeah. So Presumably she's still at the lair that blew the fuck up in the first movie. Right. Maybe. Right. Um, and uh, which also gets to the whole point is like, why does fucking like Basil know and like not warn him, not tell him, you know, it, 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 it because that's what I'm saying. It's like the, this fucking major plot hole drives me fucking crazy. But like, you have to just be like, all right, she's just a fucking fembot. Right. And, 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 but it goes with the character of Dr. Evil where like, he has so many opportunities to kill Austin Powers. Oh yeah. And Scott points them out. He's like, oh yeah, just put him in a jail cell with an inept guard and let them escape. Ass. Right. It's like, but like, he's had a fucking, he's had a fucking robot literally next yep. to Austin Powers the whole time. All she yep. has to do is be like, Boom! Dead, done. Yep. I also, I mean, like, he, like going back to the Scott Doctor Evil one. This is from the first one, but it really doesn't matter because the dynamics the same through the franchise, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But like when he's like, "Why don't we just shoot them? I've got a gun in my room. I'll go get it. Bang! They're dead. Let's out." And 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 Doctor Evil's like, Shh. you know, it's like that. One more word out of you, Mister. You are grand. I am not joking. It's just like, what? Yeah. Fuck you'll be done. You will be done with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. The one time though where like Scott says, You have a time machine. Why don't you just go back in time when he's like on the crapper? And Doctor was like, How about no, Scott? Okay. But his reasoning is like, Well, we already kind of tried that. It didn't work out so well. 
I guess, with, yeah. With fucking Patty, you know? He literally tried that. I, I, I didn't think of it from that perspective. You know, maybe that's why they used the crapper. Because, like, I didn't know. That was the thing that I didn't understand about that joke. Like, I get the joke they were overall going for. But, like, I didn't understand why I didn't say something like, why don't you go back to when he's a baby? You know what I mean? Which, ultimately, we all, right, you know, hindsight. But I'm saying at the time that you see the joke, you know. Wait a minute. What if he did? He would have figured everything out. No, 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 no. He, what if he fucking bombed the car, did, but didn't look inside? He's like, I know Austin Powers as a baby is in there. Didn't realize his own self is in there. Yeah, they never actually talked about who bombed the car, do they? They never actually say who who bombed the car. Look, there's no chance in hell this should happen, <laughs> but I think we should make this in our own minds. We, Dr. Evil accidentally killed his own mother. We... We we made we made a smarter decision than Mike Myers did on all three movies. Agreed. <laughs> uh, we should the, the the fourth one's very much up in the air. We should pitch that. We should write a script. Uh, 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 what not a script? What's it called? There's a there's a thing for that treatment. That's, yeah, we should write a treatment and send that over. Well, we could talk about a fourth film, but I basically will sum up my opinion of a fourth film with a line from the movie. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than an aging hipster. Yeah. Which, you know, how ironic is that line 20 years ago when hipsters are like really a thing now? I mean, they kind of always been, but more so now than ever. Well, that line is from Lenny Bruce, which in itself at the time was a dated fight. Look, Dr. Evil and uh, Austin Powers are both constantly doing references for shit that like should not work in the time period they're in. Right, which is which honestly is one of the funnier ones when he's back in 1969 doing 90s jokes and everyone show me the money, show me the money. (laughs) And the president, Tim Robbins, is like, what now? And if it's in 1969, technically Tim Robbins would be Nixon. Well, they probably didn't want to do real. I, I that I don't have a problem with. How many movies don't do real presidents in the real That's, time frame? No, I know, so. I agree. But what I actually what drives me more crazy is the fact that he somehow managed to bring footage of Independence Day, presumably a videotape, yeah, to be able to play in 1969 on a computer screen that wouldn't have existed in the first place. Yeah, not a not a Skype call in 1969. That would not work. But him playing footage from Independence Day is like. So did Doctor Evil just have that in his tape? Also, when did Doctor Evil have all this time being frozen for 30 years to get up on pop culture references like Star Wars? Like because he makes a Star Wars joke and Spy Shagney. What's the joke? Your father. Oh right, right, right. Which him switching the voice box on and off every other sentence was confusing for and me. annoying after a while. You know, see that's what I said. The jokes are funny, but Mike Myers is annoying. Yeah, um, the introduction of Mini Me was was actually one of the funnier moments. I thought, like, I I agree. You know, um, I think on the whole, no pun intended, the character <laughs> of Mini Me is act like to me, elevates the film. Sure. Um, I agree. I, that's why I think like I like the second one more, because yes, it does go... And it's a slightly grosser film, uh, with the inclusion of Fat Bastard, all the fart jokes, but at least the fart jokes are in tune with the comedy, whereas the third one, they're literally just having a submarine fart. Like, it, it, 
for me, the third film gets the, the fart, like, like they're unnecessary fart jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a question for you with two. All right. What are your thoughts on the on the character Fat Bastard? Like, what? Because like, I'm I'm kind of torn on that character. Like, there's parts of the character that I find entertaining and interesting, mm-hmm. and then there's parts of me that find him like, well, I mean, which I think is probably the idea that he's really annoying. But I also like if if I. And I'm if I'm remembering correctly, because I never spent the time to look it up, this came out before Shrek, the first Shrek. By well, I think the first Shrek is like 2001, so yeah, I think it's a couple years before. So my point uh, being is that I think maybe he gets Shrek because of Fat Bastard. Well, there's different elements to this. So originally, Shrek was voiced by Chris Farley. Right, that I knew too, and then Farley, they, they'd actually recorded some stuff, if I recall, and then Farley died. There's audio of of uh, Farley as Shrek with, like, um, sketches to coincide with it. Sure. Um, like his storyboards, then, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Mike Myers was brought on. He recorded the whole movie, at, you know, uh, pretty much straight as Shrek. And then he real realized after he done all this dialogue that he wanted to play him as a Scotsman. So he, they he basically kind of with his star power waved his fucking star dick <laughs> and said, "No, I want to record everything as a Scotsman." And I think he was probably what probably happened is he probably had recorded everything, and then he was in the mindset of Fat Bastard. He's like, "I'm just I love this fucking Scottish bro." You know, so I'm going to do it again. That's what I think. Because Fat Bastard, audio-wise, is mm-hmm. just a dirty Shrek. It's an, Well, Shrek even is a little, like, when he's animated, no pun intended, when he's, when he's more <laughs> theatrical and, and angry, <laughs> right. he is definitely Fat Bastard. When he's just talking... It's just a. It, it may as well just be a male Maggie Smith. Right? No, I get that, but I guess I'm saying he's not like getting my belly and I look at my titties. Like that's not. That's what I mean when by, you know, that's not fat. But he's not fat bastard because he's not doing that. Obviously, you know. My honest opinion of the character of Fat Bastard is I think Mike Myers was trying to write a character that was so reprehensible. To see if he can get away with it. Because even the character Fat Bastard, they couldn't say his name. Like like movie like Roger Ebert said, we can't say the character's name in a review. Because mm. Bastard is what's considered like you couldn't say that. One of the one of the Carlin words, if you will. Kind of, but like even yeah, yeah, more yeah. reserved. But like so they like they had to find ways of like describing the character without na- saying the characters. They had to call him like obese illegitimate child i i've I've heard not that this is a apples to apples comparison but it's like when when reviewers try to talk about schitt's creek the tv Mm -hmm. show or the show from netflix Mm -hmm. you know even though it's not it's like s-c-h-i double t-s it's still just the way it sounds is yeah right there was also another show called like shit my father says or something and they were like how the fuck are we gonna say this actually i think i think this show is technically bleep my father says like that's actually the title of the show Uh, is bleep my father it's entirely intended to be exactly what you said but the title of the show is bleep my father says but when you break the character fat bastard down not only is he 
morbidly obese and ridiculous on everything he says. He also, you know, is gross. He's constantly eating, and and they even say he weighs a metric ton, which, which is, is obviously not true. But I mean, people exaggerate shit when they're talking about other people all the time. So I can get I can get past them saying he weighs a metric ton and him not actually being that heavy. Especially since in the third film he loses 180 pounds and he looks normal. Which if which he lost uh, 180 pounds, he would still be. What is that? That's uh, that's roughly a metric ton is two thousand two hundred. So he'd be like yeah. eighteen hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, so he would still be one of the biggest fucking fat fucks on the planet. On top of that, honestly, like I still think he was too thin for one hundred and eighty pounds for what whatever he weighed. Like, is that, I mean, honestly, that character is probably in actuality is probably closer to four five hundred pounds, maybe. You think yeah. he's even more? But yeah. I think um, I think he's probably 500 to 600 pounds. Because, like, I mean, listen, I'm not disparaging anybody when I say this, but, like, Deb, Deb watches those, like, thousand-pound life shows. Have you ever seen or heard of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. My thousand-pound life or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and there's a bunch of spinoffs you know, from that. So, and and she, she watches some of these. So I've seen some of these people that are really hey. bigger than him. You know, and obviously it's a fictional character and it's a fat suit and all that kind of thing. But like, the point is, like, he 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 dropped more than 180 pounds. We'll put it that way. That's just, well, just all I'm saying. Well, I'll, I'll say this much: no one drops 180 pounds, even Jared from the Subway diet. Especially since we found out that the bread they use is not te- should not technically be called bread based on the amount of sugar they put in their dough. Yes. It should be called cake. fucking we've, cake. I think we've talked about that a couple times. Yeah. But at the time though, the Jared diet at the time the movie that came out, the Jared diet was a, a big deal. It was a and, thing, yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody knew uh what a despicable piece of shit Jared was. At I mean the time. it just kind of goes to show that like of all the co- of all the things for Fat Bastard to find a diet that works, it would be something that Jared would do. Well, and, and, and all right, and then I'm gonna sound like I'm with what I'm about to say. I'm gonna contradict myself in probably about ten ten minutes. But the uh, you we said earlier about um, looking at this from a uh, you know like a 2022 perspective compared to when it came out, right mm-hmm. and. You know the same. The same thing applies to many actors that are in the beginning of the third one. And you're like, at the time that came out, you're like, in, 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 in. Now you're like, ooh, 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 eh, you know. I mean, like the only when, <laughs> like honestly, Spielberg is like unscathed. There's two Dana people unscathed. unscathed. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And well, like with Paltrow, it's just no one likes her. That's and, and it's because she's kind of just so out of reality of like an arrogant. People. There's a bit of an arrogance to it. Too. She's very yeah. arrogant. I mean, yeah, yeah but like it, it, it makes absolute sense. The casting like I'll tell you the bigger one of the of the random cameos and in, in gold member fucking Britney Spears, because like. I, I've been watching a little bit of like that Free Britney yeah, shit, yeah. and I saw a documentary. It wasn't the Free Britney documentary that sure. everyone was talking about, but like I kind basically like heavily imply that she didn't really want to do that movie, and that her dad basically forced her to do that. I, I that wouldn't stun me. Yeah, and, and the inclusion of Minnie Me getting her number by basically saying they by by basically implying that he's got a big old dick furthered that whole thing that Britney Spears was 
at one point America's version and then the biggest slut. So like I don't I'm not hundred percent sure that Britney Spears would look back fondly. No, and I'm I'm sure those movies. That aside, and I'm not not just I don't mean to sound dismissive, but I don't really have much to to contribute to that except that I I would probably agree. Mm -hmm. But and I was gonna save this, but then since we're here, I'd watch that Austin Pussy movie. I'd probably watch that before I'd watch another Austin (laughs) Powers. Like honestly, like I I would watch the fuck out of that movie. Like I'm not joking. You know, I I think I realized something. What's that? The two biggest Scientologists in Scientology is are, in arguably there. Tom, are arguably Tom Cruise and John Travolta. Well, yeah. I'm pretty positive this is the only movie they're in together. They're not in any scenes together. No. I, I, I'd have to I'd have to look, but you might be right. Yeah. There's a lot of Scientology in this franchise, dude. Well, yeah, and honestly, like so much so that I'm surprised it's not Leah Remini in the Gwyneth Paltrow role in that in that little she cameo was, thing. She like, wasn't big enough. The only other person... No, who I, could... I, I get it, but... Well, actually, right. I, that was probably the height of King of Queens, I would say. TV actors were never going to make that leap. Not not in terms of relevance. I'll tell you who would have been the Clo- obvious I mean, choice. Clooney did. Clooney was a fluke. Okay, because like, Clooney started on ER. Like, I mean, yeah, but like... Yeah, Leah Remini is not... I'm not... I mean, I, I, I'm not like old uh, school. I, and I certainly wasn't trying to imply that Remini is Clooney, but I'm just—I was just going off the you said in there because that's—that's actually a joke that's in Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. when when they're in the poker scene, as Brad Pitt walks back in, Topher and Clooney or or, or Danny, but you know, mm-hmm. Clooney are talking about making the jump from TV to movies. The the biggest surprise of a non-existent cameo is Demi Moore. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. That is so weird to me to see her as the producer of these. I almost think that she was intended to be in the films, and then she just said, eh, it's not for me. But she still gets production on all three of them. So, yeah, yeah, so I I mean. And I I don't know why, but it was, I would rather see her. A lot of artists, a lot of actors eventually do get into produ- producing even while they're still acting and so, and sometimes produce sure. shit that they never intend to be in or anything. So, I mean, but that's not uncommon. Time, most of the time it's them producing with the intent of starring and then it just doesn't happen. But there are things that have also produced that they've never, never had any intention of being in in the first place. That also happens it, too. It, Danny DeVito is a big one. Danny DeVito produces oh, yeah, a lot. Produced a lot of stuff because he owns Jersey Films. That's mm-hmm. his production company. I think um, and uh, Tom Cruise produces a lot more than he's in, I'm pretty sure. Tom Cruise is different because Tom Cruise has his own studio. Tom Cruise and Wagner were the were basically the heads of Paramount. Yep. Yeah. So that's I mean there's there's producer and then there's Media mogul. Okay, fair enough. But you you know the point I'm trying I, to get to. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's just surprising that Demi Moore was. Yeah, I was really shocked because I don't think I, that's that's one thing that this show has has caused me to do more than anything else. And it's not to pay attention to every little credit. And that's not to, to dismiss you know the key grips and the best boys and the assistant makeup artist to the third actor on the right side of the screen in scene twelve. But like you know, <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> 
But Even I, going back to that motherfucker who gets run over by the steamroll, Michael McDonald, he's in all three films. Oh, is he? I don't think I noticed yeah. that. Okay. So he, he, he gets run over by the steamroll, and then he's the motherfucker who's watching Jerry Springer. Okay. Okay. And then he plays uh, the one of the Queen's guards when Austin gets knighted. Okay. See what I'm saying? I mean, Which, and, by the way, I did love the scene of them fucking with the, the, uh, the royal guardsmen. Yeah, in the that, second film. In the second one, that that uh, that always entertains me, dude. I I I love. I mean, uh, it's been a while since I saw all these films, so like, I still have like, I have twenty twenty two lenses. You sure. know, I got my prescription. I get it. <laughs> you know, but and you know, there's some parts of two that I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. But like, you, but I thoroughly enjoy the fact that Austin Powell or Austin Powell, Mike Myers made Burt Bacharach part of, like, the modern-day lexicon. Yeah, yeah. As well as, like, introducing the song, you know, What the World Needs Needs Now. Yeah, yeah. And I I fucking love the whole part where um, he and Felicity are dancing to uh, I'll Never Fall in Love with Get, by fucking, with with Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello. I love that whole sequence. Yeah, I will say also, and I, I said this, Dev happened to be walking through when I was watching the second one, and they definitely upgraded the music in the second one. You know, that's not to take away from Burt Bacharach, because I know he's in the first one on the bus with Vanessa and the whole thing, so I'm not taking away from that. But what I'm saying is, like, the songs they were able to to, to use, you know, in in the background. American Woman. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, that, like, there are certain movies that will take music and make the scene a little bit more iconic. Scorsese, for example, is brilliant when it comes to using music for scenes. Yep. Um, Quentin. I mean, Quentin, another one. I mean, for me, I'll give you a great example. Terminator 2 would be iconic when he walks out of the bar dressed all in clothes, but the fact that it's played too bad to the bone elevates it tremendously. Uh, For sure, for sure. By the way... I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's completely different, but I'm glad you brought up T2 because I just need your opinion on something. Okay. The internet is collectively losing its fucking mind that Terminator 2 Judgment Day is finally coming off Netflix. Like, I don't know. I that, that, That's kind of my perspective. It's not because we don't like the movie. We both agreed it's the best of the Terminator franchises. But, like, why is that? I mean, like... They're losing their collective minds over this. And I'm like, yeah. And you and I are the assholes like, hey, go to a fucking like used record store. They have a copy you could buy. Fucking stream it. It's three nine eighty nine. Like if you want to see it that badly, like it's not going to, you know, also, like all these people have seen it at least 10 times. Easily. I, Easily. Easily. Yeah. Get over yourself. Netflix doesn't have fucking everything all the fucking time. Yeah. I just don't. I think I. I uh, and uh, I didn't get to read the whole article, but I think it. I think T two is like one of the longest running. I'll, I'll whatever, say this, but like, the, like the show Dexter was on Netflix forever. Yeah, and then it dropped, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, how am I going to watch Dexter?" Like how we all watch Dexter. Fucking figure it out. Which, which by the way, just because it's in the same vein, I watched the Ray Donovan movie the other night. You, yeah, you told me. I, yeah. I still have I, not. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm certainly not going to. I don't. It, I don't I have just, showtime, so. Uh, we can rectify that problem. But anyway, yeah. Um. All right. So, um, 
okay, so in terms of music of Austin Powers, the classic Austin Powers theme. Yes. Do you know what that's called? Uh, no. It's called Soul Bossa Nova. It's written by Quincy Jones, who finally has a cameo in the third film. Okay, so he had, okay. I was I, I'm glad you brought that up because I I was I they obviously like you said he's got the scene and he's directing the the he's, orchestra he's doing the score yeah. right he's doing the score. I, I I'm glad you were able to clear that up because I was curious if they just had him there randomly waving his hand, you know, or knowing now that because it always says music by and it's not Quincy Jones on the title on the it's, the it's um, it's George S. Clinton. Yes, but no, but there's someone else I saw. I could have sworn I saw another name on one of them. Anyway, but you're right, it is George Clinton for the most part. Um, so I'm not going to argue that. But like, so I was wondering if he actually was just there as you know, like like Tom and Gwyneth, and you know, for for the awesome pussy, you know, uh, cameo, or if he actually had like a a role. I, yeah. I think it was both. I think I think it was yeah, Mike well, yeah. Myers trying to give his you know own, you know his real due diligence of honoring Quincy, Quincy. Jones because Quincy Jones has had a huge fucking oh Quincy Quincy we we don't talk about him enough but like he's right up there with with John Williams and Hans Zimmer or in in my opinion you know what I mean so I mean I give the dude credit because he when Sinatra really should have kind of retired and stopped singing Quincy Jones was, was his arranger and conductor like when Sinatra was like in his 70s it was it was Quincy Jones who like kind of revitalized his career and then Quincy Jones also you know was with um Ray Charles briefly oh no you know, Quincy he, he, Quincy's been a ranger and producer for some leg- many legends you know right. so yeah no Quint that's what I'm saying Quincy Jones does not get enough uh, but, props, if, but if I were know. to tell you that the Austin Powers theme song was written by Quincy Jones, you'd be like, "Really? That's that's surprising." Because it doesn't it doesn't sound like jazz. Um, a little swing it jazz. It sounds yeah. like something George S. Clinton would come up with because George Clinton was kind of more into the uh, the psychedelic type of shit. Well, we'll put it this way. I mean, yes, you're you're not incorrect in that statement, right? But if you had just said to me. With me, as, presuming I had never seen any of these. Oh, you know, Quincy Jones wrote the music for the Austin Powers movie. Just keep that keep that in mind when you listen. And then mm-hmm. I listened to it, and it only said George Clinton on the screen. I easily could have come back to you and been like, dude, dude, that's definitely Clinton. That's not Quincy. I don't know where you got your info from. You know what I mean? Right. But I can also tell you that prior to seeing it, if you had said that, I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. Based If yeah. you had just played me the music without me seeing the title cards... I could have said, "Oh yeah, that that makes sense," you know, because right. it does have it does have tinges of of Quincy in it as well, for sure. You know, it, the name ba- basically explains what it is. It's soul bossa nova. It's yeah. combining the two things Absolutely. and a little bit of, of w- swingers sixty shit. I would argue that even though, I, again, not just dismissing your your fact, but maybe the George and Quincy worked on it together. You know what I mean? That's certainly a possibility as well. I it's possible, but I'm pretty sure Quincy Jones wrote it years before. It wasn't okay. like he wrote it for the movie. Okay. Oh. Okay. 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 Then I think yeah, I missed. Yeah. I misunderstood that. But yeah. But, but you could see where I because I could see them collaborating on that easily. Oh, for sure. You know. So, um, I, uh, I, do, I, do you, I, 
throughout the franchise, and they didn't do it as much in the third one, I did not like the, the dance scene in her specials. Like, oh, uh, well, okay, so that band, Ming-T. Well, they're in the third one, right? I don't know if they're in the, are they in all three? They're, they're in all three. Oh, well, I knew there was a band, but I wasn't sure it was the same, the same is what I was getting at. So That's Mike Myers' band. No, I, I, okay, I just. And he developed the character of Austin Powers through numerous ways. One, he, he was flirting with his then wife in the car and he and the first thing he said was so i make you horny like right and, and she's like okay that's funny just stop but write it down <laughs> right and right, him right and he, he was intending to write it down as a sketch like an snl it, sketch or whatever right and yeah. then it, it, well he may have left snl at that point but he was like but he was also thinking like where have all the swingers gone so he wrote like an obvious parody of james bond from branching out from the sketch it became a screenplay well if i and it, it, if but I'm then he right. fleshed out the character on stage when he was performing with his band. Okay. And if I'm right, not not from the music line, but from f- just flushing out the character, because would you agree? I mean, there's always been Bond films going back from Connery up through Daniel Craig, right? But, mm-hmm. like, I would argue that there was a bit of a resurgence in that character with Pierce Brosnan. Like that, it had kind of dipped a little bit between like Roger Briefly. Moore and and Brosnan. Uh, well, yes and no. I think I think the Roger Moore era got a little too self spoofy. Right, but I'm saying I'm saying from a popularity perspective. Po- popularity. Roger Moore was too lighthearted. Timothy Dalton was too serious. Pierce Brosnan came back because he was the new young guy because he was in Remington Steel and blah, blah, blah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying except for but, diehard Bond people, like, the, the the popularity of the franchise dipped a little bit. I'm not saying it, it was gone, but it dipped, right? It dipped, and then it rose again, and then it dipped again. Pierce Brosnan rose it and then dipped it. No, I—, I you're getting ahead of my point already okay. is what I'm saying. But up to Pierce Brosnan, there was, there was a dip like coming yeah. into Pierce Brosnan. It was on a, it was on a downward trajectory, maybe not sure. fear of going away, but certainly downward. It, my honest opinion is it, it varied from movie to movie, honestly. Okay. Just. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to give you an honest answer, but like, you know, you're asking kind of a generalized vague. Okay, question. Rico, just go with me. Okay. Come on. Now, um, uh, (laughs) um, and I would say the resurgence with Pierce is what allowed for this also to, to, to play through this, this bond spoofing, like, cause they kind of came up around the same time. I'm saying with, within a one to two year of each other, cause I don't think any of them are same release year. I could be wrong, but, um, let me put it this way. You're just gonna I'll, I'll shit try. all over my logic. No, here, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am reiterating the fact that I don't think Mike Myers was spoofing the newer Bonds like Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dalton. I'm my my point is I think if the James Bond franchise had ended with just Sean Connery, it was just Sean Connery was the only motherfucker to play him, then he would the movie would still be exactly the same. No, I, 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 I don't. I don't question that. I think my logic was more that I think the popularity of one helped the other both directions. Like I, I do, I agree with that too. 
That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I understand that the spoof is more off of the the older mm-hmm. fr- older half of the franchise, the Connerys, and maybe even to a degree some of the early Roger Moore, but mostly Connery. I'm 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 with you. You know the the, the swinging '60s influence for sure. Exactly right. So no no argument there. But I'm saying that with the popularity of of Bond coming back and the popularity of they they almost like help each other a little along the way i mm-hmm. I, I argue that that brosnan that i would argue that that 007 would have done better than austin powers by itself regardless however mm-hmm. i would also argue that it wouldn't have done as well as it did without austin powers and vice versa you know what i mean it- it's it's definitely like they both kind of helped each other and hindered each other. For it's sure. a symbiotic relationship, you know. Yeah, what I mean? because one's a spoof, and the other one be kind of took itself too seriously, and then thus taking itself too seriously Spoofed became itself, itself a yeah, spoof. Yeah, right. Right. Um, it all and it goes back to Mike Myers' love for those movies, like in like Flint and the first Bond spoof movie, Casino Royale, because it also has Peter Sellers, and it's kind of ridiculous in its own way um all those peter cook dudley moore british comedians mike myers grew up with him because his parents were british so right right even even though he's canadian they were they were british imports to canada right yeah and he said the most british thing you could do is take a person who's english and take them out of england (laughs) because they're the the they cling to their britishness is as much as possible and raise their kids, even though Mike and his brothers were Canadian, they were very influenced. I mean, you, you see it in that fucking movie he did. Um, so I married an ex murderer that's set in San Francisco, but his character, when Mike Myers plays his parents or he plays his dad, at least they're all like British or Scottish. I mean, I think his dad, I think he plays his dad having a thick Scottish accent. Mm. So, the the English influence is definitely there. I mean, there's Mike Myers is definitely English Canadian, and you and you see that through all of his roles. I mean, right. he plays he played a Brit in Inglorious Bastards, which was a random ass cameo, but it was there. He was there. Yeah, he plays a Brit in uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. I mean, I I think he just perpetually wants to move to England. But yeah. he doesn't. You know, he enjoys the free healthcare in Canada. Uh, yeah, um, I. You're gonna find this to be weird, and I don't know why I noticed this, but he seems to have an aversion to having his feet on camera. There's only one scene that I can remember where he's he is otherwise naked, but not wearing socks or shoes of some capacity, even when he's fat bastard. I never noticed. Like I don't know why thing. I don't know why I happened to I just just did happen to I th- I think because he looks so awkward in nothing but like white tube socks and like the the bikini bottom underwear that he wears that it because he does it and I'm not even I'm not even picking on Austin Powers he does the same You're going thing back in Wayne's, to World. Wayne's World too yeah. yeah he he does not he's got a thing I think he's got an aversion and the only time I remember seeing it and it's brief is when he's running around the hotel at the beginning of spy who shagged me he is 100 mm-hmm. percent naked running around by the way that whole joke of of the you know like 
when they're talking to Basil and and they're pouring the the like the milk and cover like that whole joke I found funny. The problem with this franchise that they do is they they take a funny joke and they run it into the ground. And then once they get it into the ground, they hit it a few times with a fucking sledgehammer just to make sure that it's down there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh yeah, because, they bury it for sure. They 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 pile on the soil for sure. Now what they what I will give them the credit for is that I think they recognize that going into Goldmember because mm-hmm. they do the like they had the dick and balls joke, you know, which by the way, random fucking Woody Harrelson cameo, but sure, you know. And a random ass Jennifer Coolidge cameo that true. no yeah. one picks up on. That's true. That's true. Um, but they, they they do that whole joke, which in that movie was funny. Like honestly, mm-hmm. that I I found that entertaining. That and looks then, just like my husband's one-eyed monster. Step right, yeah. All that. Yeah, shit was that funny that's stuff. funny. And then and then they go and do the same thing in the third one with the mm-hmm. with the satellite that looks like a set of tits. Mm-hmm. But what they do, because when they started the trope, but I'm getting there, give me, I think I'm going to the same place. What they, they start with it, it's like, when they start doing it again, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. And they then, quickly ended it, yeah. they quickly end it the best way they possibly could have done it. And I'm not even, even saying it as a fan, I'm saying it because of the time that the movie is released. They bring in the fucking Osbournes and, and, shut that shit down immediately by actually identifying yeah. that they did this. That's the fourth wall break that I'm okay with in that movie. Oh, uh, okay. Well, no, 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 no. filmmakers just fucking boobs. Like... Yeah. It's the same... No, okay. I, I, real quick, I just have to add this, and then I will let you say your point. I'll shut up. Is I loved it in the credits of this one. They show outtakes, as a lot of other movies do, a la Rush Hour or whatever. There's a bunch of scenes of Ozzy fucking up that line so terribly. And, yeah. And at one point, he threatens to put um, his daughter back in the refrigerator. It's like, at, at, one, at one point, Sharon leans up against him. He's like, get off me! Like, he just doesn't... But what I was going to say, and I and I have I have not confirmed this, because I didn't fucking even look it up, in the whole boob sequence where it shows a bunch of heavy set dudes with like the words tits painted on them and they're waiting yeah, for the other guys yeah. to show up and they, so it's Titans, Titans at, a, yeah. at, a, at the sports venue. I am 85% sure one of them is Greg Grunberg. I, 85% sure one of them is Greg, Gunber, Greg Grunberg. That needs to be that needs confirmation, and not not because I don't believe you, but I need to know. <laughs> right? As soon as I and like, it's not like it's a close up on him. No, no. I'm gonna try to look at the the IMDb first, but if I have to, I will pull that fucking scene up. I swear to God. Um, you had wanted to talk. We we had touched on it already about while well, I'm looking this up about the um, Austin Pussy uh, movie with all those different. You know the real, not not the disparity actors in the movie, but like the the real actors, the, the Tom Cruise, the Gwyneth, whatever. You I mean, want... it makes absolute sense why they chose all those actors. No, it absolutely, I agree. But you said you wanted to make a specifically wanted to talk about um, uh, Devito as Mini Me. There was something you said you wanted to to say about. Oh that. no, no, no! What I was talking about specifically was Mini Me as the character on a whole. I I. I can't confirm anything, but when Vern Troyer, um, you know, passed away, 
there was I actually kind of got in a slight debate with um, someone who I believe is in the film industry uh, in the same venue as Maddie Granger. And I was that type of person who was like, oh, man, it's so fucked that he died. And this person commented and said, well, is it him? Is it, is it Grumberg? He's the T. Right? He's one of the T's. It doesn't say which one of the T's, but he's one of the... Here's the interesting thing. I, I, and, and you probably know the answer to this better than I do. Brad Grunberg is the A. I don't know if that's a brother or a, 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 do you know offhand? I don't. I, I don't know who Brad Grunberg is. Uh, he looks a whole lot like Greg. So, um, it's probable. Uh, it does not say he he is in Get Smart, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That seems to be his like other big claims to fame. Okay. I don't know if you know those movies that well, but I know I know I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, but I don't it's been a while. He probably was like background firefighter character maybe or something. I don't know. You know what? It's funny you say that because that's exactly what's on his IMDb is him as a really? background firefighter guy. <laughs> like he's, he's Dude, literally I'm on a fucking roll here. Are, Holy shit. You are. I ironically enough, I know him from uh uh Fuller House. That full house I've... like reboot they did yeah well yeah he he um he plays a a character at one point they buy a sandwich shop in the in the series and they have a Uh they have a sandwich eating contest and and the character that is like the the reigning champion is a guy named berkowitz but he's a reoccurring character he shows up like three or four times but anyway god one of the actors that i remember i don't know his name but it's the guy when when he's when the woman is like melons, big juicy melons, and this guy comes with like, are they nice and firm? I know that actor as he plays Ray Romano's cousin mm. on Everybody Loves Raymond, and they're always and he's always like complaining about his cousin. He's like, oh, he's so nasally and uh, you know he's so annoying. It's like, yeah, he sounds and looks just like he doesn't sound anything like me. What are you talking about? And then he realizes that he. Oh, they they just sound like each other. So I've only seen this guy in that thing in a movie. And then Ray Romano, I'm like, of course he's Ray Romano's fucking cousin. I don't even know if they are actually related. Right, right. You want to hear something interesting? Always. On IMDb, in in the credits, both credited and uncredited, only one T, the I and the A, are listed. The N, the S, and the other T are completely anonymous like no idea who those three letters are but it's brad and greg grunberg for a and t and then i is played by a guy named jimmy jatho as a, a assuming how you say his last name okay i just find that really interesting that they only have three of the people listed they never submitted their letters i i can't <laughs> The interesting thing is Brad and Greg Grunberg are credited as the A and the T, and then the I is uncredited. Well, maybe because those are the guys that actually only say anything. I guess, yeah, but that's the huge difference between like a speaking extra and a non-speaking extra. Yeah, that's true. Um, Then you got Fook Me and Fook You played not by twins. No. 
but looked pretty close. So I'll give him that. Uh, which, which for me was kind of like, is Mike Myers trying to say that all Asians look alike? Is that really what he's trying to say here? No, I've I've seen I've seen twin characters played by non twins before that were not of like a, a different ethnicity. I've seen that. So, well, what I found out is apparently there was a deleted scene where apparently Fook me and Fook you. Just the, the weird thing is, is that their characterization would technically be more attuned to Chinese based on they have the last name be first in their name as opposed to Japanese, which is what they're trying to do. And also that their real names are something stupid like Cindy and Sharon, but they decided to make it me and you to have the joke of Fook me and Fook you. Like the characters in themselves were like, oh, we're actually Cindy Fook and and fucking Sharon. Um, Um... Do you want to talk about one of the biggest... I, I don't know if you can call it a cameo. You can call it just like another role on the thing. Uh, are we talking about the, the big dad? No. Oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, I was going to go more with uh, number three. That, that, for me, was one of those cameo... One of those roles that came completely out of left field where I didn't... I, I Even as a kid, at like 11 years old, I was like... Why the fuck is Fred Savage in this fucking movie? Like, and the moly 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 jokes and the mole, like, that's a that's a joke that got old real quick for me. It still makes me chuckle. It's it's not good. I'm not sitting here and telling you it's good, but it still makes me laugh. I can't lie to you. What makes me laugh is Fred Savage being like, by the way, I'm aware I have a huge mole on my face, as well as the irony. That I am, that I myself am a mole, and then like Austin's like, no one would make that distinction, and then he just looks over at Beyonce, like, yeah, that to me is the best part of that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I, it's like, where they're a, where they're commenting on the situation without making it explosively ridiculously never-ending joke. You know, where like that's what I'm saying. Some of the jokes can be witty and self-referential and funny and always hit their mark. Sometimes they go on a la Will Ferrell route of just like, all right, we fucking get it ten seconds ago. Um two two things I'm noticing is some of the cameos in this that I didn't I can't I wow. But I, I also it, wanted to ask you real quick though. You said Ming T was Austin or uh Mike Myers' band. Is everybody in that? Because I the one the one name here I can't buy. The other ones I'm on board, but the one I can't buy. I'm sorry. Who? Susanna Hoffs. I Run can't imagine. She's the lead singer from the Bengals. I don't see. I don't know who that is. Uh, so you would have to look her up and see if she's actually in the Austin Powers movies. Be- she, no, she's that. in the movie and she's in the band in the movie, but I don't think she's actually in Austin's band is what I'm getting at. I I would be see the thing is, is I'm always surprised when I find out certain actors just start a band like Johnny Depp is in a band called fucking uh, Hollywood Vampires. Oh, with, I know I've, I've played Hollywood Vampires on my uh, on my show. When can you hear that, CJ? Uh, Thursdays and Saturdays. <laughs> but what time, motherfucker? I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> Not nine to nine to midnight on Thursdays, ten to midnight on Saturdays. Radio-airways.co.uk. There you go. Okay, so I, I have no fucking clue, but like there are like like fucking um Stephen King. 
is in a band with other writers. Like, uh, you know, you get to a point where you're so fucking famous, you can just be like, hey, I'm going to call up, you know, Tom Cruise and be like, hey, Tom, I'm I want to start a band. Are you in? He's like, absolutely. No problem. And let's get Brad Pitt and fucking Leo involved. OK, so the band is real. Mm hmm. But it's not Myers' band. Myers is only involved during the Austin Powers. And then the band went off without him and recorded three albums. So he's kind of the groupie? No, he's the organizer of, but he organized them for... I think he organized them strictly for the movie. On The way this reads is he organized them for the movie and they went, Oh, we're actually kind of good at this. And went and fucked off after that and made a couple albums without him. So that's kind of that how sense. I'm interpreting what's happening here. So in other words, the only time there will be a Mike Myers Ming T reunion will be if there ever is an Austin Powers. He four. is technically listed as a member, but all the, the as on the member section in Wikipedia, but the the details of the band say he's only in it during the the Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Which, by the way. For what it's worth, Daddy Was Never Here or Daddy's Never Here, whatever the song is called, was actually halfway fucking decent. Like, I'm not even going to argue with that. I was actually kind of digging that. I was like, that's actually not bad. Like, I was kind of enjoying it. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely catchy. Um, I'll bet a little sad. And then, you know, all, all of the... Um, all You were kind of annoyed by them, but I enjoyed the little interludes. I, I um, thought there were too many of them in it, and it, and some of them were too long. Like it's it, ju- it, it's it's just the swingers Star Wars. I I sc- I I get the I get the the concept, but it doesn't mean it. Just because I understand it doesn't mean it, that I had to like. <laughs> like I, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if that was like a reference to like the old monkeys or, or oh I'm, like I, something I'm like sure that. it was I'm almost yeah. positive it was I I, I I and yes I'm sure that it was actually in during during the the date with Felicity they're out to a monkey song the song playing is is uh I'm a, I saw her face. yeah I'm a believer no, I'm a believer I'm a believer yeah. is the name of the song yeah oh and, Steph and I were fucking like singing along like crazy with that. Do you we know the it. history of the monkeys? Real quick. Uh-uh. Do you not not enough to say anything intelligent. The the monkeys were formed specifically to counter the Beatles. That makes sense. In that they weren't meant to be like, oh fuck the Beatles. It was some people that did not believe the Beatles were as talented as mm-hmm. they really are. And said, mm-hmm. "Oh, you can put any four fuckers together, and and if you market them correctly, have them become I mean, as big as the Beatles." And and they they took four people that were musicians that had never played together in their lives, put them together, mm-hmm. let them record an album, and henceforth the more the monkeys. Yeah, they just they took an animal and misspelled it. On purpose, no, on purpose. Yeah, that all right, of that right. was yeah. Now, very quickly, last piece to that, Peter Torque. The bass, bass player, yeah, bass player was massively wealthy before he was ever involved with the monkeys. Because mm-hmm. it's either his parents or his grandparents invented whiteout. <laughs> really? He he is the. I think he's dead now. I'd have to look, but he, but he was the heir of whiteout. Yeah, yeah, specifically liquid paper, like the little bottle that you have to shake like a yeah, couple hundred yeah, yeah. times, and then you get you get the little brush. He, he his family. 
and I'm pretty sure it's his. I'm pretty sure it's his grandparents invented that That's that crazy. product. And so he, by the time the monkeys was a thing, he he easily could have just said, but not not done right. that and was fine. <laughs> like I thought you were gonna tell me like he was like like they invented the torque wrench because nope. his last no, name was right. torque. Yeah, no, no. No, no, I thought no. that's I, I never would have expected fucking liquid paper. Well, and it's two different songs of torque, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. So well, I don't have it in front of me. So anyway, but that, uh, the, the monkeys whole thing like that, that absolutely makes sense. I, when you were going to say like, you know, they were going to make a band that was like the opposite of the Beatles. I'm like, you mean the Rolling Stones? Because, you know. For yeah, me, yeah. those those are the opposites of one another. I, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I I would even go say Black Sabbath. But the irony there is that Ozzy is one of the biggest fucking Beatles fans on yeah. the planet. So, and if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure like Ozzy when he started out, like he one of the Sabbath members. I can't. You would probably know this more than I do. Was a part of a band that was called like Earth or something. Yeah, and I, it was I, like very hippie. I like saving it, the planet Beatles-esque. I think it, it was it was either Ozzy or Geezer Butler. I don't Yeah. I, I don't remember, but uh and, and I'm then sure they saw the Black Sabbath and were like, oh shit, we can go darker. Let's do that. No, basically. Or as yeah. Ozzy said, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> back then he could speak. That was before all the drugs. Um. Anyway, which by the way, drugs which, back then. which by the way, that's just going back to that scene that we did see of the Osbournes. Like the thing that makes that scene, while it's still funny, what makes that painful, at least for me, is what. Oh, the the, the tremors. Well, no. Well, he's got that, but there's a reason he's got the tremors. His doctor was con. The doctor he had at the time has been since convicted. Uh, over oh purposefully over medicating Ozzy, really? Yeah, I think he got. I, I I'm pretty certain he lost. I don't think he went to jail, but I'm pretty certain he lost his his license to practice as as a doctor, and and paid a shit ton of fines. But I know. read that Ozzy doesn't have Parkinson's disease. He has a sub cousin of it called Parkinson's syndrome, I, which is similar. I that I I don't know enough about, but the the but his doctor that like that's why he seems so. If you if you go back and watch seasons of the Osbournes, and there's parts where he's just completely incoherent. It's be as yeah. It's because of how drugged up he is. Like if you, I've seen him since then, and he is not nearly as incoherent. You know, so it's it's a weird statement to say that Ozzy was at his most fucked up when he was on the wrong prescription medication as uh, opposed to this motherfucker on cocaine and booze for almost the entirety of his career. Two things. One, I don't think that's when he was the most fucked up just in general. Number number one. Number two, from what I understand he was on the right stuff, but he was just like... And I'm making up over the medication. Yeah, like I'm making it up, but like if he needed 400 milligrams, the guy was writing him like eight to a thousand. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Like he was, you know. To be fair, I've never been able to understand Ozzy in any capacity. <laughs> I still don't know all the fucking lyrics to fucking Iron Man. Do, do, all right. Do you have, do you have anything else you want to? I don't know. I mean, would you did you want to talk about Michael Caine? Because like I, well, I, I, I was I was actually saying something about Vern Troyer before oh, sorry. we went on Good. the Grumberg thing. When Vern, so when Vern died, uh, well, I mean, he killed himself basically. Um, 
Yeah. They they ruled it as a suicide due to alcohol poisoning. Right. So, but yeah, uh, it, that that's a whole bigger debate and discussion right. for, that we don't need to have. Yeah. Someone in I don't know if they're friends with Maddie, but they're at least they're Facebook friends. Let me put it that way. Okay. I made a I made you know I think Maddie made a post about fucking Vern Troyer died. What the fuck? And I commented I'm like that's so fucked up. Like and then this other person. I don't remember their name. Even if I think I you might have told us this, but say it again just in case. Yeah. yeah. They said, oh, he, oh, fuck him. I'm like, why fuck him? And like, he was a piece of shit. He was an awful human being. And he like sexually harassed all the women. I don't know if that's true. I don't even I, really I, feel comfortable saying that. I, it's true. I had heard unconfirmed those similar stories, but. That he was lecherous. Right. But I also heard. Just to clarify that, that a lot of that occurred when he was all fucked up, which he was a lot of the time. Now, does that justify it? Not in any way. We don't we don't think that's okay, but at least you have there's a causality to it. It's not him just right. being a shitty person, although I guess you can make the argument that when you're inebriated you tend to be more your true self. But that's a whole different right. you know, anyway. I mean, look, on one hand, I I, I will I don't excuse bad behavior based on well he was a drunk no you know no but yeah but i also understand why he was a drunk that dude was so goddamn small he had to be his own stuntman yep i also heard he was in a lot of pain like pain was, was a, a lot con- of pain. constant and it wasn't from just from doing stunts it was just his size somehow caused pain for him so yeah, waving that big old fucking kickstand <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the rumor is that he he may not have been as big as they implied in the movie, but that he 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 was uh, pretty well endowed. I don't know if he was well endowed, but he definitely, I think, proportion wise, it, it was not. He he looked like a baby, and it looked like an arm. But I don't know if it was like, you know, I don't I don't know. No, I'm saying that because he was on. Um, uh, was it Celebrity Rehab or one of those shows? And you, you as a viewer never saw it, but there were people that were in there with him that came out later and said, oh, yeah, because he would ride around, like, naked on his rascal, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And people would say, like, yeah, man, he he at least was blessed there, if nowhere else. So I mean, he could convincingly say, my dick touches the ground. It's like, well, no shit, you're fucking <laughs> two feet tall. <laughs> um, and any if event... I- you know, there's a big difference if I say my dick touches the ground. You're like, well, holy shit. Whereas his dick touches the ground. No, you know when I'd be impressed if you said Michael's dick touched the ground? Because that's like, that's a fucking mile drop. Um, if Michael's dick touches touched the ground, he would die if he got an erection. <laughs> he would not be able to have enough blood to one to run one at a time. If, if if that was the case, he and Lee's, Liam Neeson could do the Star Wars porn version of the of the Darth Vader Allegheny's fight, uh, Obi Wan fight. Oh um, if if he was that well endowed, he could just blow up the Death Star by aiming his dick at it. <laughs> just just blow it up. Just fire torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine was in this. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking of Michael. So Michael Caine was in this purely for the fact that Michael Caine was in a movie called The Epigris File. And those glasses were modeled for Austin Powers. Okay. The glasses that Michael that Michael Caine wears in a fucking movie in nineteen sixty fuck. Mike Myers was like, I want those glasses. Michael Caine 
when he found out about this and had been sought after to play Austin's dad, just brought the original fucking frames. That's he pretty awesome. Original That's awesome. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, and then you look at him, you're like, they don't look anything alike. They're, they're, they, like, I have glasses that look more like Austin Powers' glasses. Fair enough. But, I mean, they were they were close enough to be convincing to me. Like, sure. you know. Um, by the way, Austin's teeth... <laughs> I was waiting for this. ...change more than... Like, they're fucked up through 90% of the, the first movie. And they're, they're mm-hmm. pretty much the same all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, it's implied that he got them fixed, for lack of a yeah. better, better word. I don't like saying fixed because some people don't mind. And Well, that, that's movie magic for you. There's no chance at how they were, quote-unquote, cleaned and improved that quickly. Well, no, no. There's a physical... I mean, it, it's it's potentially possible that he had them pulled and had veneers put in, and that would be that quick. But anyway, that's 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 a whole right. different discussion, right? Sure. Vanessa, and, and at the beginning of the second one, he still has them. At some point, and I blame the magic fucking beetle that takes him back in time they revert i think the logic is that because he was alive in 1969 even though he was technically frozen he would have had bad teeth so they never said though they never said here put these in so you're you look like your 1969 counterpart they never say that it wasn't no i think his teeth naturally went back. It wasn't like they put on... So traveling back in time undoes undoes dental work. Correct. In this context, correct. Okay. I mean, I agree with you that it was kind of stupid, but if there... there, It's the whole thing of, like, if you were alive in a certain time period and you go back in time... But, like, presumably... Because... Even he even says like he is frozen in 1969. So him going to 1969, there are two Austin Powerses, right? Yeah. He visits yes. himself. Yes. But I think the whole thing of like him, his personality and his appearance and his physical attributes would be the same based on because he was alive in that period. Uh, look, I, I'm I I'm. That didn't really bother me as much as it bothered you. But, I but, think it was just trying to show, like, hey, if you're back in 1969 London, you're going to have shitty teeth. If that was if that was an overall true statement, though, you do realize that in, in Endgame, Tony would have been cum when they went yeah. to get the... Or actually a seedling, because I believe... Or because I he, believe... No, no, no. She was pregnant. She right, was that's why... Pregnant. Yeah, so she he would have been he would have been a fetus. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they split out said like, oh, there's different rules in this film. All right, you know, the time travel is different for this. I don't think fucking Marvel is like, oh, we're going to adopt the Austin Powers approach. Oh, thank to time God! Travel. Right. Um, I'll do you one better. So at some point, Scott Evil they they give the they give the explanation that he was made in a lap through yes. Doctor Evil's sperm. Yes. This is what they say in the first film. Yep. So by his teenage age in 1997, it would fit. He'd be, what is that, Generation Y? X. X? I think X. it's still X, yeah. So that would make sense. And then you find out that really he was conceived in 1969, which means he's actually 30 years old. Yeah. Mm. So really, when when they go back to 1999, they should have shown Scott Wait, looking what? like a 30-year-old. Well, yeah. What's... 
Green Seth Green kind of did, so that might be why they changed it. But what year did what year did you say he supposedly conceived? He supposedly, he was conceived in 1969 when they do the fucking you know oh, evil and st- frowl fucking get st- down. He still would have been Gen X then. Well, I don't care what or, he was called, but he was not a teenager because no. in 1997 he's roughly 17, and then 1999 is two years later, so he'd be 19, not 30, is what I'm saying. That could have been just lying to Dr. Evil, but and, and, and that's how that's a way to at least explain that time that they lied to Dr. Evil in the first one about his age. I mean, but then they're lying to Scott Evil saying, oh, you're actually 17 when really you're like you're 27. No, but I'm saying Scott, I'm presuming that Scott knows his real age and 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 the plan is, OK, when so Dr. he's Evil just comes, a slacker. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. you're 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 the heir to Virtucon that gen that number two is turned into a multimedia conglomerate four times right. over, you know. I and, love the fact that like if Doctor Evil just took a step back, he would have all the money. Yep, all the money. One one hundred bajillion kajillion trillion yen like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my one of my favorite underrated lines that robert wagner gives is in the third film when fucking dr evil is about to give another presentation like you know drop the meteor like that that yeah. type of shit you see robert wagner goes oh you vault like yeah. he's just so done with his shit uh I almost wonder Not, if that was actually Robert Wagner's real reaction they having to film it. <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, Rob Lowe was pretty much fucking perfect for... He, he, he was. Way. He did a good job. Yeah. Do you know why? Well, I know him and Myers are like best friends. We talked about that on the Wayne's World Out episode. Rob Lowe has been perfecting his Robert Wagner impression for years because he dated one of Wagner's daughters. Okay. Yeah, he probably got the talking too. Like Robert Wagner is like, so let me tell you, Rob. Yeah, you might. You better treat my daughter. Like he probably knows way more about the intricacies of Robert Wagner's impression more than Robert Wagner knows. Yeah, that's probably accurate. So, um, I'm pretty much done with Spider Shad. Me, I don't. I mean, I I I don't have agreement. I think we kind of covered Goldmember. As well, I mean, I don't I have mean, much gold, more to the thing about Gold Member that like really is just like it felt like like I kind of dug the academy scenes, like seeing a young Austin and a young Evil. Yeah, that that stuff was interesting. And on a quick tidbit for you, young Austin's in the MCU. That's who. The lifeboat is locked, topped, locked, left. It, it's it, it's full of people in. Ultron? He's also an Endgame. But yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's young Austin. Huh. Because I recognize I, I didn't recognize I, I knew I recognized him, but I didn't know from where, but I was like, I know I know that guy. So I looked him up and yeah, he's he's in the MCU. I recognize young evil, young Doctor. Which evil. I didn't, yeah. So there Because you go. he was like in a a fucking uh Disney Channel original movie with Brian Cranston. Like a okay. like a Santa Claus movie. Sure. Um uh, I agree. I, 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 I didn't. He, he, here's the only other thing. And I mean, I want to get. We've been at this way too long for this fucking franchise. But like the other thing I would say is that I don't like the, um, like we, we, we uh, spoilers. We get the ultimate uh, reveal that they're brothers and they've been brothers. You know, twins no less. Twins no less. 
and yet they were fucking roommates at evil or uh, spy school. Essentially, there's more. I forget what they called it, but yeah, the you know, yeah, at spy school they were they were brothers or roommates and roommates, yeah. and it's like you kind of didn't figure it out then, like. I mean, look, we're talking about a world where, like, even the uh, the fucking uh, the parent trap on a whole exists. We yeah. got whether it's the original or the remake with fucking Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan meets a woman or a girl who has her exact fucking face, and no one ever says that. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, you have a dad." I don't have a dad. I have a mom. You don't have a mom. I wonder if we're fucking twins. We have exactly the same face. Down to the last fucking freckle. At least Austin and Evil have fucking... One has hair, the other one fucking... And, and glasses, the other one doesn't. Like and a at scar. least they could be like... Yeah. At least they could say, oh, well, we kind of look alike if you, if I had your hair and glasses and fucked right, up teeth. Right, right, right. Whereas Lindsay Lowe, I mean, look, I yes, the parent trap I have a soft spot for because I was once a child. You were? I was. <laughs> wow. It was a long time ago in a galaxy. <laughs> By the way, that Star Wars fucking reference, oh you hit me up, you're like, George Lucas gonna sue somebody. Like Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that made me fucking laugh. I, right I was like there's a lot of Star Wars references in that particular that particular film. Like that's the other thing I realized that they they seem to go for a theme. Like the 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 first one is definitely. I mean, they're all Bond for sure, but the first one's he- Bond heavy. Second one's a little more Star Wars esque. You know, not not uh, not in the 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 film in terms of the story, but like they 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 the trope the they references. keep going the references. Yeah, and the third one is um uh um. Uh, Fuck! I just blanked on what I was gonna use for the third one, but anyway, the uh, third one is is all over the fucking place. The, th- like, the third it, one is exactly what we said about coming to America. Yeah, it that's a great really way is. To it it, yeah. it is. We we're probably making the last one of these. Maybe we'll make a fourth one, but in case we don't, let's have a good time and just say fuck it. You know what I mean? And I mean that being said, I was really on because there's been a fourth one in development hell since like 2008 and I was really on board for seeing another one for a long time. Um, but now that I think about it, I'm like, I'm out. I really, I really don't want to see no, no. Dr. Evil and Austin powers work together to basically take down Scott evil. Like yeah. that's ultimately where it would be. The only, the, here, here's where I'm okay with, with a fourth film, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Like, I presume that Austin and Felicity were together at the end of the second one. So where the fuck did she go? You know what there I mean? There was allegedly there was a deleted scene where it explained where she went, and then they just didn't fucking include it. Okay, but let let's let's just say they they close that gap somehow, and him and her have a child. Okay. And that child fights after Scott. So like, you get you get you get. You get Mike Myers in the Michael Caine kind of role cameo mm-hmm. or a few scenes here, a few scenes there and and the and it's, you know, uh, you know, the 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 bulk of it's uh this child going after Scott Evil. Okay. But I'll, but I I'm I if they're going to go this kind of ridiculous route. This is my argument. 
have Seth Green play also the offspring of Austin Powers. That way sure. it fits the duality role. So he's the new Dr. Evil. He's the new. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep the whole theme going because if, if him and Felicity, meaning Austin had a kid, there'd be, let's just say for the sense of the math on Scott's a little dodgy, a 25 year age gap between the two characters, right? Let's just say from a, from a mat, from a general perspective, I'm sure we're a little off, right? Sure. This is how you do it. When he's grown, he goes back in time and picks up, you know, and and then they're about he the the they're about the same age for that reason. That's that's how you make it work. Or or I mean, you might be saying this. I'm I'm kind of fuzzy on your explanation, but I think you just you just say that Felicity goes back to 1969, but she's pregnant. No, 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 no. Well, no, I mean, that's a way to go, too. But I was saying that you let the kid grow up, become a spy. It's now 20-whatever-the-fuck, probably 2022, you know. Uh-huh. And he comes back he in time. Back to, to 2002, 2003. Whatever. And, yeah, that works, and, that works, too. And fights Scott Evil at that age, yeah. So that they're then about the same age, you know what I mean? Approximately. You know, mm-hmm. so that, I, I I would watch that movie. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't like it, but I'd watch it. I, I'd watch I that agree before. With you, I'd rather watch Austin Pussy. Oh yeah, I totally. But not not now. Then, like, I don't know if you got that same cast together. By the way, you you got to give me this much. Actually, that's a theme from the. That's kind of the theme on the, the. Like again, the joke theme, not the theme of the movie. It's Mission Impossible. Because even the opening in Utah is very much the actually it might be the same fucking cliffs that they used in Mission Two. When we did the Mission Impossible deep dive, I said the obvious choice for another director would be Steven Spielberg. Boom! You have Steven Spielberg making a Mission Impossible movie. It's Austin Pussy. Fair enough. There you go. So, uh, you got anything else? I think I'm tapped. I really do. Like I don't think I got anything else on this franchise. I'm 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 good. I'm good with putting it to bed. Like I said earlier, there's nothing worse than an aging hipster. CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right, Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Potaskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. PM Pacific at getvocal.com slash podaskew. That's www.getvokl.com slash podaskew, where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. If you can or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Hey, Rico. Do I make you horny? Damn it.
Pop, pop, ask you. Ask you.